jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here for episode 230. This is our season 23 finale, and it is Monday, July the 5th, 2021. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. How is your 4th of July weekend going? Nice. Oh, it's, it's, it's very patriotic. You're wearing your Jim Dugan shirt? Yeah, Dugan's my man. Yeah, Dugan is the man. I love Dugan. And folks, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you for loving OVP. Hopefully, we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as we always try our best to do. But before we get to that, we just want to remind you of a few administrative things. First and foremost, you can still follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Much to the consternation of many people, Quinn, there are still no clips. Yeah, consternation. Consternation. Yeah, that's what they say. It's exactly, I get all kinds of cards and letters yeah. talking about their consternation. Constipation. Constipation as well. But you can get an at OVP podcast. So there is no backup <laughs> for that. But really, we still post a lot of things on a daily basis there regarding retro wrestling. And it's still been a fun time. It's still a happening spot for all of the retro wrestling pictures it, and, and <laughs> comments and concerns. It's very, and concerns is yeah. the biggest thing. So that's at uh, OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at OVPpodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPpodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk to you and me and over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at Facebook.com slash consternation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a site with consternation. That's and, right, it and is. And a search bar, too. Oh, a search bar? Okay. Yeah, you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui. Hit the join group and you're in. And the uh, rule that you're going to agree to when you join the group, it's just one rule and it's an easy one. It's don't be what? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. Or dunder Mifflin. Or... Don't be dunder Mifflin. <laughs> yeah, don't be that either. <laughs> and all that means is obviously on the internet people have opinions you might have realized that by now and they have strong opinions about retro I've wrestling heard. Yeah. I've heard yeah it's, it's, it's a recent development recent yeah. recent in the last year or so and we welcome all those opinions about retro wrestling the one thing we don't welcome is you being an asshole to other people don't do it okay? it's not nice <laughs> you can argue you can debate you can disagree all you want don't be a jerk. It's it's like the Switzerland of uh, wrestling boards. You yes, know, like it's everyone's neutral. neutral and nice and very diplomatic. Yeah, very utopian, yeah, if you will. Yeah. But really, if you just want to hang out with us on Facebook, go ahead, join the group. It's free, obviously. You don't have to like become a patron to join it or anything like that. Just join the group. And then speaking of patrons, though, we do have extra content, and that is if you like what we do on this main show, and uh, if you want more of what we do, you've got two options. You got the 1984. Canon yep. over on Patreon. That's Crazy. <laughs> two bucks a month. It's so fun. It and just now, started. And now I have the calendar, the official yes. 84 calendar. I cannot wait to go through it as we go through the year. We're in January right now. Yep. We'll get to see all the birthdays. It's going to be yeah, yeah, Invader number twos was recently or yeah. coming up. Yeah, there's uh, another one next week, too. <laughs> yes. So you can check out uh, the 84 Canon on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And if you want, we have pay-per-view reviews and they're on the $5 tier. And out right now. Just released this weekend, King of the Ring, 1993. 
Quinn, uh, the Hulkster lost. We may not see him again. I'm not sure. Good. This is enough already. <laughs> so if you <laughs> really wore out his welcome hey, on the pay-per-view cannon. It's been worn out on the pay-per-view cannon. So if you want to check it out, all the pay-per-view reviews are there on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. But Michael. Yes. This is the finale, obviously. The finale. The finale. All season long, we've been doing our latest segment, which is where we were hired again to do a game show. They hired us. We did. <laughs> the end of the contract this week. This is it. This is our yeah. last contractually obligated episode of, of the show we've been doing. Yeah. And we received, and this is not an exaggeration, a lot of submissions for this game show. Right. This has been a show where each week we have asked you, the fans, to give us an opinion that you hold near and dear about retro wrestling and end it with Change My Mind. And each week... Quinn and I have tried to And here on the finale of Change Your Mind, Quinn, we have received permission from the producers. Oh, we have. Yes, to do a special lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning Ooh, round. It's like the clip show of this one. <laughs> Basically. Like the end of Cheers, like right before the last episode. They're or like, Seinfeld, yeah. yeah. Or Seinfeld. Remember all these episodes? Yeah, exactly. We received a lot of different submissions. We said to our the big wigs out in Ogden, we said, you know what? We have so many loyal fans that wanted us to talk about these things. Whether we agree with their submissions or not, we want their voices heard here on this finale. Yeah, Quinn. the Ogden big wigs yeah. really thought it out. Oh, you gave after, it to them. After, oh, I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're making all this, our division's making a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, we got TPS reports and stuff. Give us a little rope, uh, huh? Yeah, you know. And they gave us some rope. So this is not every single submission we received because, again, big wigs, Ogden, a whole thing. Yeah. Compromises were reached. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to do and the ground rules that we have agreed to, Quinn and I, is we're going to read off all these submissions, Quinn. Mm -hmm. And then you and I are only allowed like a one-sentence answer of each. <laughs> That's what the big wigs said. That's what they want. That's the caveat. We're not allowed to argue or debate them. However, there may be intermittent discussion periods for longer form questions so we're gonna have to see how this goes at, at joe's discretion i think right it might be mine that's what that's what, that's what they said the director off to the side yeah. actually but oh, okay all right so with that said why don't we go down to christian simon hi christian who says hi christian todd pettengill was actually a good presenter for the time changed my mind yes my name is Porful. igman Porful. <sighs> so he, here's the thing he wasn't he, he, he wasn't because the problem with todd is that he tries to be funny all the time, and he's really, really bad at it. That's my lightning round. I can't elaborate any further. Thanks, Ogden. Okay. I say that he was very good when he was being serious mm -hmm. and very annoying when he was trying to be funny. Yes. Moving on. Mike Olson says, Sean Mooney's cadence and puns are good. Change my mind. As we approach this incredible encounter. <laughs> they, you know what? They're good at the beginning, and they're good. You know what? I shouldn't even say at the beginning. I should say they're good when you look back at it without spending any time on it. But when you're watching everything in a row, he is so freaking awful. Like they're, the pay per views, he gets very irritating on, like near the end. Okay, I think that his puns are very corny. Uh -huh. I think it's a different kind of corny than Todd Pettengill. It's, oh, it's different. It's a different lame humor, but I really like Mooney, and I think he was very good, so that's my official. Next up, Quinn, we got two back-to-back, -back, so I'm just going to okay. read them. And belly-to-belly. -belly. And belly-to-belly. -belly. Ben Ivinson and Rob Sanchez mm. both have the same general question, which amounts to the Steiner brothers are the best tag team ever. Changed my mind. 
Well, they can't be because when they were in WWF, they were all about college and boring and like good matches, but the characters are not there. To me, a good tag team constitutes like an all around thing, right? Okay. So I'm going to change your mind on that, right? With that, with that statement. I actually would say they're one of the. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I would consider the best tag team well, Money ever. Money Inc., of course, well, right? I'm sorry. Don't, don't forget. I, I don't know who I'd consider the second best tag team right, ever. Right, right. I think that the Steiner brothers, in terms of wrestling ability, are one of the best. Uh-huh. Uh, and in terms of inventiveness and what they did, I don't know if they are the best, but they're probably worthy of a discussion in the top five. Now, <laughs> there's four. I'm going to rapid fire all of them, Quinn, and then we'll, we'll answer. Okay. okay. These are all related. Brandon Tessoff says, Undertaker, both the gimmick and the wrestler, is overrated. Gerald Rosenberg says, The Undertaker character is extremely overrated and was only worth watching during the biker-taker era. Uh, Changed my mind. Joe Rhea says, The Undertaker streak is the most overrated thing in WWE. Peter Mendoza says, Undertaker streak is overrated. So you got the character and the streak. Okay. As far as the character is concerned, not overrated in my opinion. And the reason is because he's unique. And I really like like what they did with it over time. Like it started out as hokey, then became serious. And like I personally appreciate the dedication to the the character in general. It's one of the only things where they actually were like, this character is is like weird and has magic and stuff, and we're gonna actually acknowledge it and not just forget about it and whatever, even though they went to Biker Taker, but still it was still the Undertaker right. in general. So I don't think it's overrated. I think I think they it's rated. You know what I mean? I don't think it's the greatest thing they ever did. It's, it's rated. rated. As far as the streak is concerned, I also don't think that that's overrated. And the reason why is because, like it or not, it did make WrestleMania something every year. And now that it's gone, I think we're seeing how valuable it actually was. Good answers. I think that the gimmick is not overrated for the same reasons you said. I think it was very different. I think it caught a lot of people's attention. I think as a wrestle as a concept, maybe the Undertaker quite wore out his welcome. I don't buy him as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I didn't say that either. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't agree with that either. Right. I think he's he lasted a long time, and I think that he definitely had a unique appeal. I don't know if I call him overrated. I think he's rated. I think yeah. the whole Undertaker thing is rated. I don't think he's the best of all time. Uh, so if people are rating him as the best of all time, then maybe he is overrated. <laughs> uh, as far as the streak, I agree with you, Quinn. That um. It gave a hook to WrestleMania where sometimes there might not have been as strong a one. Yeah. I am glad it ended. And I think that he should have retired when it ended. And the streak itself, though, I don't know if it's overrated. I don't think it's... I also don't... I never loved it. So I can go either way on that one. But I get why people would call it overrated. Okay. We have... (laughs) Wow. What is it now? These are also related. So I'm going to read both of them. Jeffrey... Gillet or Gillo or Gillo. I don't know how to pronounce Those your last very name. Three different names. Gil Jeff yeah. says uh, Vince McMahon is not the greatest promoter of all time, but is in fact nothing more than a lucky idiot. My semen. Matt Majette, that's a uh, Dino Bravo's biggest fan. Wow. <laughs> says Vince McMahon isn't a genius. The WWF biggest successes are people that Vince didn't recognize, mm-hmm. and his pet projects never work out. The WWE's Continued success is in spite of Vince, not because of it. Changed my mind. Two spoiled, ungrateful little rich bitches. A lot there. What do you think? Okay. So this is like a heavy question. I've actually thought about this before where like, is Vince overrated? I guess not overrated, but like, is he not the genius that they say he is? 
And I've always had like a mixed feeling on it. I feel that he was very smart in not just identifying that wrestling was like underutilized or whatever they were, whatever they were doing wrong with it in the seventies. Underexposed, right? perhaps. Underexposed, right? I'm not going to call him a genius for that, but I'm going to call his strategy genius because clearly nobody else thought to do what he was doing because they would have done it and been successful. And anytime somebody tried, it didn't work it the didn't way it try. did with him for various yeah, yeah, reasons. Yeah, I'm sorry. It didn't, it didn't work yeah. based off like the way Vince did it, even if they copied it directly. Even WCW failed at it ultimately. So Vince is definitely a business genius in that sense, like wrestling business genius. That's the, the thing there is, and that's why he never succeeded outside of wrestling because he understood how wrestling worked and could be manipulated and used to boom and be the top guy right yes now people saying his success is despite himself currently here's the thing vince is old now he doesn't really need to do anything different because you're right he is successful but i think that's speaking to how smart he was in the 80s he basically set up this system this way of doing business with his company that he became so successful that he didn't need to try anymore. Some people might say that that's stagnation or whatever, but I also say that's a credit to how good he did in 83, 84, 85 when he was first building the foundation of this company. And that's my opinion on it personally. Yeah, I don't think I'd call him a genius in what many people would say the traditional sense of the term. I think that he, especially in the 80s and into the 90s, but mainly the 80s, understood how to market wrestling better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. If what the goal was, was to make a lot of money and receive international exposure, then he was very good at that. If the goal is to put on a purely fan-pleasing wrestling show, then of course you're not going to like him. But from a marketing point of view, look at what he did. Now, did he have help? Of course he did, but I think every successful anyone does. He had a vision, though. He had a vision and a plan. Whether you agree with it or not is a different story. Maybe in the later years, all of what they said is is true. You know what I mean? For him, just we talked about the Batista thing last week, right? And bringing Mm -hmm. back Batista. Obviously, the fans didn't like that. I'm talking about 2014. But from a marketing point of view, it was a good move, right? I I think this is a super interesting topic, to be quite honest with you. It could be its own one day. It could be its own thing. It is fascinating because on one hand, like, like we both are saying, you could look at it as he knows his vision and he presents his vision whether you like it or not, yeah. and he's successful at it. Yes. But on the other hand, sometimes he makes decisions that don't please the fans and make him appear like some kind of bonehead, even though like that was his plan all along. And right. He probably would have made millions on the original plan that you don't like anyway. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah, probably. Now, to one point here, were there a ton of people that he had that he didn't realize how good they were? He had to get talked into that. You know, I'm talking about Steve Austin, possibly mankind, a bunch of people where he had to be talked into it. Yeah. Did he fail to recognize potential? Yes. Did he fail to recognize talent? Yeah, of course. Did he sometimes push the wrong talent? Absolutely. So I don't know. I'm not going to go with genius, but I think that he was a very, very smart marketer for wrestling. And that's where I think I want to leave that right now. That's a very good questions. I'd love to actually do that long-term sometime. That's a really good one. Someone wants to remind us. Yeah. It's an exploration of like, what Vince did and why it was good and what he did wrong. Yeah, because there's a lot of both, yeah. honestly. Okay, back to the rapid-fire style here. We got Aaron Thomas, good friend of the show. He says, Earl Hebner is the greatest WWE referee of all time. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. WWE? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Without question. 
I, think, I can't I can't find like a competitor to him in WWE. I think that he's the most uh notable one in terms of if what makes in kayfabe a referee very good. He's very aggravating to me with his inconsistent three counts and the <laughs> ultra slow count and always getting in the way and trying to give but is he definitely the most popular and most notable? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, my favorite though is Joey Morella. So all right, AJ Freeman. This is a good one. Randy Savage and Bret Hart were better IC champs than world champions. Changed my mind. Um, I disagree with that. On both? I, I disagree on both. Yeah, yeah. Definitely on both. Because I can't in good conscience say Bret's IC run was better than his WWF run. Especially if you consider 1997. I, my mother's from Nassau Coliseum, Long Island. With Savage, it's the same thing. Like especially when you get to his at the beginning of his second run, there's like so much emotion there. More so when he than when he was like a heel that like I don't know Danny Davis had cactus pants and like <laughs> you know you know it's just there's more depth to it. Same when he won the title at WrestleMania four. There's more of this emotional with Miss Elizabeth and Mega Powers sure. and all this. Like yeah, that's the other thing is when he was WWF champion, he was doing the Mega Powers. Yes, he was um, building and exploding. So yeah. like. Again, not both those things are better than his whole IC run. If it comes close, it would be Savage, but Brett, I think, was a better world champion overall. One hundred percent. I think. Yeah, I think it's closer with Savage. You're right. It's closer with Savage, especially the first run because he was the first real replacement for Hogan, and he did great. Yeah, he was a great world champion. That run is super underrated. It's really good. Yeah, he drew Mm -hmm. great houses with DiBiase. Mm -hmm. He was over. Like it worked. You know. Yeah, but Savage is also a great IC. Brett was too, but it was a different, it was a shorter reign than I think people remember the first time around. And yeah, the IC run is deceptively short. For Brett, both of them are. Yeah. The it, first and it, second. It's, to me, rewatching it all, it's like really just a stepping stone. The second one in particular. Yeah. Uh, so it's close, but I'd say that both were probably overall better world champions. I could see either way, though. Andrew LaSalle sent in a bunch of good ones, and we're going to read some of them. WCW, prior to Hulk Hogan's arrival, was better artistically. Changed my mind. Just the immediate, immediately before. I'm talking only like a year before. Yeah, because before that, it was dump all over the place. Yeah, it was dump, and I'm, they were they were always trying something different to try to like fix it. Jim Hurd, Kip Fry, Bill Watts. Yeah, yeah. They only kind of found their groove like '94 ish, and be, yeah. like right before Hulk Hogan came. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I'm 100. It and agree with Andrew. Mm-hmm. It was better, but. Only in the immediate yeah, year-ish you, you can't or so. Act like there was like, oh wow, 1992 or whatever yeah, was so great, right? You know. Okay. Uh, Andrew Lassell also says Larry Zbysko was a great heel because he had no redeeming qualities and would get the fans to cheer for whomever he was up against. Because I've lived up and beyond every reputation and expectation in this wrestling business since I first stepped in this ring 15 glorious years ago. Disagree. I- He's not compelling. <laughs> That's the problem. Really, it's, I actually agree. I, it's not the the hateable factor. Yes, he's hateable, but he looks like a fucking old man, and like <laughs> I don't want to watch him. Like, like, and not in like the oh look, I'm an old man. Like he doesn't even hype that. He's just like trying to be like this arrogant character that I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Looks like he should give me my mail. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like it's like I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, I I do agree. I think that he's a good heel because uh, I hate him. So I think I'm getting worked. <laughs> Andrew LaSalle also says Johnny Valiant was perfectly fine as a used car salesman type of manager. Changed my mind. I think he was perfectly fine as a used car salesman, <laughs> not a manager. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. 
he I ask more questions every time I see him. I'm so confused. What is he? He's Johnny like, V. He's Johnny V. I know. It's just he's a just a weird dude. You don't have to welcome me. You don't have to say anything. I want everybody just to book up and hook up and listen to JV what he's talking about right now. He makes more sense personally as like a guy that should be on like Wrestling Spotlight or one of those shows <laughs> where like with Craig. Yeah, like you know, just this kind of weird character. He would even work on primetime in like the proto version. And with Jack Reynolds or yeah, Jesse like, Ventura. That would actually work to me it's like he's more that kind of character as a manager i'm just like what is he even like i'm i'm just always confused about him i'm at salbalomo today grandma yeah uh i agree with andrew on this i think he's a good third rate bobby heenan style <laughs> like he's fine andrew has another good one wcw had the best referees changed my mind Ooh, that's tough for me i actually think their referees are better i agree i do too. i'm 100%. like this is this is i don't have to change your mind you're right yep. they, they did 100 they did have better referees they're, they're they're they did they have more of like a wide array of weird ones and they have billy silverman they have of course billy that's, silverman sometimes but the what what, what the nick guy, patrick the guy that's like oh give me back my job mr bischoff <laughs> that guy randy anderson mickey j and yeah like, mickey j mark yeah, curtis yeah like little I, h but great ref tommy young great ref roster yeah. like I, definitely like more all-rounder it doesn't have a lot of all-stars in it that kind of hog the spotlight like joey or, or oh, yeah no dude, like joey no i'm saying out of here i'm saying like there's joey and there's hefner and, there's Danny Davis. And there's Mike Some, Yoda sometimes. Jack in the, Doan. In, yeah, like, but like, but then you have like Tim White, who's he's like, not, who, he's no, like in the script. Yeah, or like Fonzie when he was refing. Yeah. You're like, what? Like, I agree with Andrew yeah. on this one. Chris Hatley has a good one here for you, Quinn. Yokozuna was a great heel world champion. Changed my mind. Mm, I've always felt, and I've and I've told you this before. I think I've said this is that it feels like it was meant to be transitional, and they just like fucked up. They like kept Lex it on him and, Lex Express, and they were like, we don't want Bret Hart, but we do. And yeah. like, it, like he feels accidental. In a way, he kind of feels accidental. I think he's a good heel world champion in the sense that I think he was legitimately hated. People really wanted him to lose. I think his feud with Undertaker is very good in all serious. The feud. I'm not saying the casket match is like classic, but the heat, the heat of the feud. Yeah. It was a gamble that wasn't a horrible payoff you know to have a longer reigning heel world champion so yeah it just it always felt like accidental that it was long in a way like, you know what i mean like it was like by the time wrestlemania 10 rolls around it was just you're like, ready right yeah it's just like okay like we get it, we get like, it. he's fat and, and <laughs> oh. he's got like a hundred people help him anytime he's almost in trouble and <laughs> right. crushes his friend or whatever <laughs> like, you know what i mean like yeah. it's like enough already okay christian anger anger Allinger, anger that's his name yeah he says Owen was better than Brett. Changed my mind. <laughs> I'm not changing your mind there. Owen was not better than Brett. I don't think so either, but I think he's Owen, fucking good. Yeah, here's the thing. Unfortunately, based off what happened to Owen, we'll probably never know that. I mean, it's all true. It's, it's possible that if, you know, Owen was younger and we, you know, he probably would have gone into the mid mid to late 2000s. Yeah. And, and maybe he, he would have proven he himself Maybe better. he would have been like the best of all time or yeah. something and we wouldn't have known, but we never got that opportunity because he never broke out of his mid-card status truly truly except for 94 yeah um yeah i mean i've heard people say this before i get why he might have been a little bit more interesting in the ring sometimes i don't think he was as inventive or compelling in the ring as bret hart that's not to say he didn't have it in him that he just didn't live long enough to yeah see that right right happen because i i i see the traces in owen hart even early like that he could definitely do a serious storyline or like a 
better character or whatever. Well, it's not like he wasn't capable of it. He just he didn't live long enough to see the opportunity. Yeah. You know, I think he's probably even maybe a little bit better of an athlete than Brett. Maybe a little more, more natural athleticism. Uh, and as far as a talker, I think Owen's a more funnier talker. So, all right, and there it is. Here it is. And again, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, 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 the only hillbilly could do that. Stupid Americans. I mean, overall, Owen's very, very good, but I, I don't think that he's better than Brett. But it's a not, good question. Not, not in the current timeline we're living in. No. Right. Yeah. Dave Parada with a interesting one here. Today's wrestlers can't or don't sell effectively. Change my mind. That's um, partially true, yeah. Partially. I see it's a lot of It's not that they don't bullshit. sell, it's that they, to me, it's that they sell the dumb shit. <laughs> like, you know you know what I mean? Like, like a roll-up? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, the, no, it's, I'm thinking more of the times where, like, they get in the position to be jumped on outside or whatever, and it doesn't look right. Yeah, that's not selling, that's yeah, why. Yeah, it, that it's that kind of stuff. It's almost like they're trying to sell too much to the point of it not being believable. Yeah, right. Like, right uh, it, uh, if anything, it's like overselling. Is the problem. In a weird way, it yeah. is, right? Yeah. That, that's my opinion on it. Okay. Don Depinet, Depinet, Depinet. Depinet, yeah. Remember, never tell us, Don. Interesting. The national expansion and the golden era would have never happened if Hogan was never signed. Here's the thing. Part of me wants to say no to that, but I can't, ultimately, because I think Hogan was a big piece of the puzzle here. If they didn't have a guy to center everything around in the way Hulk was, right? it wouldn't have worked. They could have tried to expand, but that wasn't going to happen with like Don Morocco or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, or Jimmy Snooker or whatever. That's one of the names. Like, people say Snooker could have been, maybe in terms of crowd overness, but he couldn't have had a five year run like six year run like Hogan did. A national. He's also a murderer. Yeah. Well, I mean, he also has no personality. That's it's not going to work on MTV. He looks cool. Like, yeah, he was I, over. I can't argue with that. Of course. He looks cool. He's over. Yeah. He, do, he jumps off the top rope. That's neat and all, but it's just like, it just, it's not the same as like, take Hulk your vitamins Hogan. and I ride a motorcycle and I, I can move mountains right. and jack and all that. And as much as, you know, Bob Remus is much loved, that balding, like slightly pudgy guy, Sergeant Slaughter ain't carrying them through six years say, of glory. I will glory. say this as a kid, Slaughter's popularity was definitely there like even yes, into it was. my time like i knew who the hell gi joe gi joe yeah, yeah of course no that i totally agree like was helpful but again it just it wasn't hulk hogan That's Hulk Hogan. yeah i agree don all right gavin cindy here says <laughs> you'll like this one randy savage and sensational sherry were the real baby faces and hogan and elizabeth were the real heels in the 89 feud um <laughs> kind of it's not really i mean Sensational Sherry, definitely not a baby face. <laughs> they're, they're evil assholes, yeah. Savage and Sherry. Macho Man's like misguided, though. He's like, crazy is what he is. Yeah, but it's all like, a, it's a matter of like, remember, the circumstances pile up and put an already like kind of tense guy. He, he crosses the line and snaps and then and gets into like voodoo and shit. Yeah, remember, cauldrons like, and... Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, Savage, it's more like understandable. Like I kind of feel for him. But Sherry knew exactly what the fuck she was doing. Yeah, they're not. Fa- the, nothing they do is yeah. faces. No, no. They're, now is Hogan an asshole sometimes? Absolutely. I yeah. don't think. Li- well, Liz, the whole Mega Powers breaking you know, up thing is very sketchy. Now Let's again, Savage did throw her across the floor. Yeah, and he was a jerk off to her like since '85. There was, there was like no excuse there. However, it's not like Hogan, Hogan was a little too much. He he. he <laughs> 
an already explosive situation. He wasn't helping. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. Right, right? <laughs> right. He wasn't making it any better. <laughs> like let's 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 just leave it at that. Right? He should have just said, "I'm really sorry, Randy." Yes, it's like I didn't mean it. I'm super sorry. Like you're totally right. Yep. I can see how this could be perceived <laughs> this way. Like that's all he needed to say, and so I'd be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, you still wouldn't trust him, but he'd be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I tried to let these little things slide, man. The mega powers were so strong with Elizabeth. It was so beautiful. I let the little things go, man. What's it like to be such an asshole? Graham Hannaford Quinn says, "All right, guys, Sid is massively underrated and essentially had the career that Warrior could have had, but got nowhere near the recognition." Changed my mind. Is he underrated? In my opinion, yes. Could he have had the career of Ultimate War? No. No? <laughs> he just didn't have the... I, I don't know if it's just his character or whatever. It's just like he can't talk, first of all. There, I, there, is, I, a re- there is a reason. I know we're not allowed to talk too much on this, you know, because of Ogden, yeah. but I would s- sternly disagree with that. Really? That he can't talk. Yeah, yeah, he's a great talker. I think very it, entertaining. I think that the psycho gimmick has always, like, just covered up. That's the point of it, is he can't talk. Have you heard talk. the Ultimate Warrior talk? Yeah, I understand, but the old warrior can give speeches about coming from Mars, and like that's a little more, it's a little bit more than Sid. I'm gonna drop a bomb on you. What? I think Warrior's a better big match worker for sure. Oh, definitely. As much as like that sacrilege. That's the other thing. It's like Warrior does the big match better than Sid. I haven't seen Sid actually have that many good matches ever, and I just like Sid. Like that's the thing. It's like I have a a soft spot for Sid. I think they're both charismatic. Mm -hmm. I think they both have great looks. I have never really seen a really good Sid match, though. No. The Sean one at Survivor Series, maybe. It's when Sid's all wild is like, and and the thing with Sid is like when he has a good match, it's kind of unpredictable. Like he'll just all of a sudden just be awesome. Yeah, I know, but it's rare. Yeah. And if people could say, well, Warrior got carried in all those good matches, well, then why did no one carry Sid if it's so easy to just carry people? Right, yeah. Hogan fought Sid. Warrior, Warrior is... In the in the match department, massively yeah. underrated. So, but I agree, Sid's probably a little underrated, underappreciated, overlooked. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he could have been the warrior, but I certainly love Sid. Jonathan Facento Facento says, "I love it still, but ECW TV would not nearly be as fun or interesting without the unlicensed music of the day and the heavy editing of the matches." Changed oh, my mind. I, I agree with you. One that, million that, percent. That makes it really good. Now, to be fair. To ECW, I think it's a credit to the programming. A lot of my being able to have ECW accessible to me, right. like in the modern times, was without the music. And I can tell you with authority that it is very compelling programming, even without that music. It is well-paced. The stories are very good. Right. You have to deal with weird insert music that's generic. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, right, right. Fake uh, K-Rock music, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, like I, I do think the stories and, and everything holds up there, so okay. I will disagree there that I think that it's actually a really compelling show without the music. Even without the music? It, I, say, it, I agree it, it with hold, Jonathan. But it holds up, in my opinion. I, so? I was very I was very pleasantly surprised with that. Okay. Josh Kuhn, he's here, Quinn, to say that Colonel Mustafa was drumming, not bushwhacking. Changed my mind. Drumming. Well, this is this is, this is more for you. This no, is more for he you. He was bushwhacking. There's no drum. There is no drum. He's drumming. Why is there like that? That a ten hot like he's he's not drumming. He's doing the drum. No, he's not. He's marching. But no, no, no. That's it, a that's a military march that it, he's doing. You have to envision Joe. He's got the drum 
draped but, but across he doesn't. His, his neck. But it's not it's, there. It's imaginary. No, he's, that's he's not. Like, he's drumming. No, he's not. He's he's marching and, and in he, a bushwhacking they're, they're, style. They're, they're marching to the this drum. This is horse shit. Folks, let us know what you think is current. This is the most important question. This is, this is the, probably <laughs> the most important question we're going to do in this huge rapid fire. <laughs> All right, we got a bunch in a row from Kelly Smallwood. Okay. The right to censor are underrated as heels because they actually made you want to boo them. Changed my mind. I would say that until it like ran its course within like a month. Like it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it's not the, the idea is definitely awesome. Right. It's that this should have been on raw four weeks in a row and then never have been seen ever again because it, it, it had no life to it. <laughs> so you mean not from uh, the summer of 2000 until WrestleMania 17, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. It, it's the same thing with like IRS. It's like the same, <laughs> it's the, it's the same idea. It's like Vince is mad at something. That's, Let's make a boring that's character. kind of funny yeah. for like a couple weeks. And then, okay, it's, we don't need to have massive blow offs with China at WrestleMania. <laughs> like this is okay. This is, it's definitely like, well past its expiration date. And then fucking JR. White socks, Stephen Richards, yeah. what a dork. Like every week. I'm just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Kelly Smallwood again. Bull Buchanan was an underrated and underutilized talent that should have gotten more than he got. No. He's no. great. Bull it, is good. He's underrated. He's like Bull is good. Fucking minor league big boss man. And not even the good big boss he, man, the, the second big boss SWAT man. Boss man. SWAT boss no, man. Bull is a and little not underrated. Even the heel one. Not even the super mean one. The grumpy one from 2000? Yeah, like, the one that's not, a little slightly more grumpy. Yeah, but he's not mean really Sometimes anymore. Sometimes friends with Ken Shamrock. <laughs> like that. All right. Kelly Smallwood, again. The Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show had no business delaying Raw. Changed my mind. <laughs> this is the 120th continuous meeting of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Who cares? Now, okay, yes, you're absolutely correct. This is this is a thought that went through my head so many times as a kid. I was like, how the fuck could they preempt the highest rated, like, this thing's getting like fucking eights or something, and they're going to say, you know what, fuck that shit. Let's put the dog show that's like a super niche thing that, yes, it's prestigious, but nobody gives a shit about it. Was anyone watching the Westminster Kennel Club dog show in, like, 94, no. 95? It wasn't big then. I don't remember fact, it being big ever! I will say this. I, I This is a controversial opinion for dog show people. I think the WWE, or F, or whoever... Okay, JR. ...elevated the dog show yeah, by, also, be, by being preempted right. by it. I would bet that about 97% of our fans first heard of this dog show... Solely because it was preempting Raw. Yes. Okay. And I will say 97% of its audience yeah. uh, heard about it solely because it preempted Raw. The other people are just old men. Yeah. All right. Mark Riley is here to say that Ric Flair should have won world title number 17 in his late WWE run. No. 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 100% agree. 100%. There should have been something. It's him. No. The two old men that no. I would have permitted this to happen in like the 2000s no. or whatever is Ric Flair. No. Just even if it was for a week or something. And you know who the other one is? Mm. King. King? That thing with Miz is like one of the greatest shits I've ever seen. I don't think it's necessary. I would have loved it. I don't think, Just one last time, Joe. I don't Joe, think he needed for to. For like a week or something. It really didn't hurt his career not to. Would have been a nice moment. No, it wouldn't have. I don't need to see it. Anyway. Michael, po Michael Poor. Michael Poor is here. Say that Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan did more to kill WCW than Vince Russo did. Mm. I always consider it like a. Bl I blame everyone. 
Like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, Vince Russo is just as equally to blame as Eric Bischoff. You think? And Hulk I don't Hogan. think it's equal. And like Hall and Nash and anybody trying to like power play that shit. I think the people that signed the ludicrous contracts yep. and gave all Turner this talent. Turner who yeah, just repeat that you don't even know. Yeah, I think, uh, I do think by 98, 99, some bad decisions might have been made financially. The least blamed people but have the most impact is the politics within the Turner yeah. boardroom in general. And the people handling what, the money. Yeah. And the contracts. The, 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 the thing that always surprised me and made me realize that Bischoff didn't have as much blame as you think he did was that whole thing about the pay-per-views and the, the like bizarre fucking political maneuvering so that one division of the company would receive all the money from the pay-per-view proceeds that wasn't WCW. Right, right. Like that's the kind of shit where you're like, this was set up to fail inside a boardroom with execs competing for political power. Okay. That that is ultimately like yeah, was, there's a lot was of a, that. did a lot of damage to WCW. They also succeeded despite a lot of bad financial decisions and creative mm-hmm. decisions too, longer than they yeah. should have. Steve Rosen says that the honky tonk man was actually the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. It's hard to argue with that, actually. I know. It is. <laughs> the more really, time goes on. The more time he was really good. Yeah. I mean, I do consider Randy Savage one of the top ones too. I do too. That whole era between honky, macho. And maybe Warrior. up to like Bret Hart or something. Yeah, like Warrior. Everything was Brett. pretty good. Not Mr. Perfect, but whatever. <laughs> oh, God. Look, I look like little Lulu. Look at the back of my head. Don't worry, head. Jimmy. Cover it up. You don't let him see it. You cover your head up. Don't you ever let him see that, Jimmy Hart. Tony Barker, the Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12 is the most overrated WrestleMania main event in its history. Changed my mind. Agreed. It's I not rewatchable. It yeah. Not in history of WrestleMania. I mean, like. Main event? It main might a- be. Ugh, overrated. I yeah, mean, I think it might be. None of the first 11 yeah. are. No one overrates. Maybe like, it is. I never thought of know? it that way, but yeah. it. it <sighs> 13's not. No one overrates Sid Undertaker. To me, it's not a bad match. No, but it's I, not bad I don't at all. Want, I don't want anyone to think no, that. No, it's, it's not. That, it's the way it's played out. It doesn't have the same rewatchability as the other ones, which tends to make it overrated. At the time... I remember watching it, and I think you agreed too. Even at the time, it right. was great. Like it was like this is yeah. this is revolutionary. I'm I'm seeing moves in this I don't usually see, and right. I'm getting to see Sean versus Brett, and it was fantastic. But you can't watch it after the first time, so it's just kind of like <laughs> fuck, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, fuck. All right, here's a uh, here's one from Tony Leg Day. Booker T should have beaten Triple H clean at WrestleMania 19. Changed my mind. Oh, he should have. He should have. One hundred percent. I've always I've always been that Triple H. <sighs> He There's so many wins win Triple H doesn't need. That's one of them. And that's absolutely one of them. Just I mean, because of the on. way the angle was built, the yes. logical fucking payoff is that Booker wins that. Yes. That's all. It's storytelling 101. To me, this is one of the first years of WrestleMania, at least, where it's Triple H overreach. It, we're, yeah. we're in, in d- definitive, like, 2003, 2004, 2005. Like, we are in prime, yeah. like, dude, it's over. You were good for, like, a year. Please leave <laughs> us alone. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like especially like i always thought this on a weird note is once Shawn michaels came back i really had no need for triple h anymore like (laughs) it was like he was basically like to me kind of filling Shawn michaels's missing gap right you know what i mean like like once he was back i was like oh i don't need to watch triple h anymore Shawn michaels (laughs) is back the real click member that's good yeah like you know what i mean yep got one more from tony leg day 
Bret Hart is awesome. Shawn Michaels sucks. Change my mind. What? I, you know, this is always the endless argument. It's that I think Shawn Michaels, what's so interesting about him over Bret Hart to me personally is that he had this second act. I loved Shawn Michaels, the character, everything in the first act. I will concede that the matches, while there's a lot of good ones, as an overarching thing, because we have to include 93 and pudgy Shawn Michaels, like definitely not as good as Brett then. But there's a, a significant argument to be made that once he came back, the hot streak he was on from 2003 till retirement, that is like one of the most unmatched, consistently good top tier match streaks I've ever okay. seen. Even over Brett, possibly. I'm, I'll be very fair here on this yeah. one. I'm not going to poke at you at all. Obviously, I agree with Tony that Bret Hart is awesome, but I cannot in good conscience say that Shawn Michaels sucks. That's not fair. Yeah, that's You know what I mean? Fair. It's not. You Shawn, have to Shawn's very good. Yeah, you have to acknowledge that second act. That, yes. is, that is something oh, I do. to be like, that's a marvel. I Absolutely. Always yeah. I think that Shawn is very talented. I think he has a very different style than Bret Hart. I like Bret Hart's style more, and some other people do, but some people prefer Sean's style. Yeah. They they don't wrestle the same. Mm-hmm. Even though they do like arm bars and no, hammer locks don't. and shit. They don't. They have a completely different approach to psychology and selling and a lot of things. They're both good approaches. That's the funny thing. It's, yeah. it's more just a preference. Thing, I just you know? like Bret's yeah. style more, but I do appreciate Sean, so I can't say that he sucks. That's not fair. Yeah. And now there's a few. These were left by the, um, the Ogden Brass to the end here, because these are some... Some very controversial ones. Okay? Oh, okay. So, Brandon Tessoff says the Monday Night Wars were the worst thing to happen to pro wrestling. Changed my mind. Hard disagree. If okay. if anything, they are literally the best thing that ever happened to the company was competition. They brought out the best performances from an entertainment perspective. Maybe the matches went down. And, you know, I do see people... They judge the match quality very harshly during this time period to say, like, it's not as good as everyone says it is. And, yeah, it's not as good, but I have you seen the WWE at their finest? They didn't need to have the best matches. At Even their, in the 80s. Yeah, at, the, at their finest, they were having two-minute matches, and they'd squeeze in, like, eight matches on superstars. And they were amazing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because the show was entertaining. Right. And you wanted to watch it, so... I, I don't think the Attitude Era was bad for wrestling. I think I'm trying to figure out where that comes from because it's a it's a very pointed question. And I, I don't I like it. I'm guessing it's because it changed the way they did business, and it's still like that to this day. Meaning the, men, the Monday Night Wars was where no matter what, you always had to have your stars on Monday nights, mm-hmm. so it lessened the impact of main events. It led to Monthly pay-per-views, which kind of cheapens the big events. To be it, fair to monthly pay-per-views, that was coming. MWC was doing it before Nitro, Yeah, yes. regardless of the right. attitude era. You're right about yeah. that. You're right. But all that t- kind of ties together. It kind of lessens title wins. It, it is almost an overload. So I do understand that, but if that didn't happen, who knows where we'd be now? I don't know. Uh, so it's a fair question, but I can't call it the worst thing to happen to pro wrestling. I think yeah. maybe WCW going out of business was worse. I do too. I, I think without WCW, regardless of how fucked up WCW was, very, there has been nothing ever that will touch, come that close to being as good as w, WWF. Well, like, I mean, you know what I mean? AEW might give them a run for it. It's too late. 
for that. That's the key that nobody realizes. It's, it's never going to happen because it was just the right time. Like WCW caught them at like first boom ending coming down, but they weren't a publicly traded company that, that just Correct. could overpower everyone. The, the other thing, too, is with AEW versus WWE in 2021, anyway, that's kind of like battling, like getting the best urinal award. Oh, come on! You're absolutely right that, that the worst thing that ever happened to wrestling was WCW dying. And, and, but again, that's a consequence of the Monday Night War. So yeah. maybe, you know, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Connor McGrath has one as well. Another great friend of the show. I know you'll like this one, Quinn. The Attitude Era is overrated. Change my mind. I don't think it's overrated. I really don't. Well, and the thing is, is what metric are we using to rate this? Because guess what? Ratings wise, <laughs> it's the actual highest rated ratings. Thing ever. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone calls it good in terms of in ring quality. I think that, so that can't be overrated. To touch on the last thing, yeah, it's, it's what, associated with this. I really think people just retroactively look at it with like some weird Meltzer eyes on and like they're like match and it's not as good match. And, and like, it's not though. That's not the no one ever said, point. And no one ever said it was uh, yeah. good matches. I'm just saying like oh, that, no. that's not the point. It's, no. To me, it's a return to form in a more edgier way. It made it must-see TV again. Yes, it's, it's, that's what happened. Compare an episode of Superstars in like 1989-90 to an episode of Raw, and you will be surprised at the rapid-fire pace. It's very similar in terms of pacing. It's just the, the storylines are not as edgy, and the Attitude Errors are edgy, but that's really just the time. If you... I, I don't know who's saying this, how old these people are. Maybe they didn't grow up in the... I'm serious. Like, maybe right. they didn't. But at the time, this was how, like, television was. They were surprisingly on point with how everything around them was. Not only on point, in certain regards, they were innovative yeah. in the way they presented things. And now, again, at the time, people knew what was bad about the Attitude Era, too. Yeah, they weren't they weren't blind to it. Like, we knew that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, when Vince Russo was coming up with some horrible shit in 99 and stuff that didn't make sense, we knew that. So, again, no one was overrating that either. So, yeah. I think it's rated in, in terms of the ratings. I don't know how anybody insane. can look at late 96, 97 WWF and conversely also look at um, 96... 97 WCW and not understand like holy shit this was like one of the best times yeah for wrestling period it was a great time uh, yeah. if you're looking for good matches look elsewhere don't look in the attitude area yeah. that's not what it was about so I understand from that you're looking point for of view. compelling television look no further and again I usually think up to 98 is where it was I don't really like 99 it's like peak where all of them like bloomed from their yeah. like financial perspective and then but after that, the summer of 98 everything goes down yeah. the shitter for everyone yeah everyone I, creatively I mean every creatively single, yeah every single one of them they, they run out of steam <laughs> yeah like, I don't mean ratings but creatively it's amazing it's like a three year period 96 yeah. 97 98 it's like nothing will ever top it it was just like ridiculous even shitty WWF was like somehow <laughs> like decent yeah alright Matthew Toy mm-hmm WCW. <laughs> I'm going to say, before we even read the question, I, I agree with the spirit of this question. Okay. You won't. WCW only had pockets of greatness and should not have nerds retconning it now that it was good. Okay. <laughs> let me let me explain something here. He's right. He's let me right. Explain it. it was only good a little bit. Not pockets. I, I, I don't, pockets. I don't like it described as pockets. I and do. Let me explain why. Fanny packs. No, seriously. Let me explain. Okay. I, I have a serious like, okay, I won't talk. point to make here. I think you're retconning it saying it's pockets when it was. I didn't. Matt, Matthew Toy not did. Not you. Matthew oh, Toy. Sorry. is because 
from 95 to 98, yeah. WCW was very, very good. I don't consider it pockets. I consider it a sustained streak. The pockets are the bad things, not the other way around. Now, that being said, as soon as Starcade 98 happens, they never recover ever again. Starcade 97, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I didn't even know what you were doing there. No, as soon as Starcade 98 happens, it, the, the, the pocket or whatever you're talking about is over. I think that the pockets, yeah, are a couple of years. So that would be a pocket in, no, the, no, in the Ted Turner-owned career. When you say pockets, you, what you're saying is like, oh, there was good thing, and then it was immediately bad right afterwards, and then there was good thing, and it was immediately bad. That's not the same. I'm talking about a streak of like from 95 to 98. That's a pocket. It was great. It's a hot pocket, okay? Try new lean That's pockets, not a too. Hot pocket. It's a hot pocket, damn it. All right. Thank you, Matthew Toy. Yeah. I think that WCW was fine sometimes and also really annoying other times. That's my official mm-hmm. word. Okay. Peter Koska. It's the greatest time to be a wrestling fan in history. What? Because of the ease. <laughs> Is he well, talking about years ago or, well, or now? Well, because of the ease of access. Okay. Yeah. And a wide variety of content from all over the world. Changed okay. my mind. So, first of all, that statement could have been said about two years ago and been, been true. Not anymore because I... I haven't said anything, but this Peacock shit, they really dropped the ball on the accessibility again. Now I feel like I can't find anything, or what the fuck are they doing here? Like, well, we had all this accessibility, and they, like, took it away and, like, rearranged it in this curated accessibility now, and, like, I don't like it. I'm, I'm able to navigate. You know what the problem is here? What? There's a dichotomy, if you will. Uh, there's, we have, and we have wonderful fans that love wrestling to this day, and we have wonderful fans that hate wrestling after a certain year. And I am not here to tell you that you should do one or the other because what you like is what you like. So if you are a fan that just appreciates all different wrestling and having access to so many different things, then this truly is the greatest time to be a fan because you can watch almost anything from Japan. You know, there's Shimmer. There's there's all these other yeah. things, right? If we include all the other services, That's what I'm yes. saying. I, I, I'm just saying WWE is a big... Yeah, pocket, pocket, if you will, yeah, of, 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 uh, not doing pockets anymore, of content no, no more with that. that they're having trouble converting to some other Fine. way. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you have a Peter Costco, right? But you also have a Tony Leg Day who says, modern pro wrestling is fucking awful. I'm not just hating on it. Change my mind. No. <laughs> I, I, That's such a Tony statement. It's absolutely bad. I know we don't go into this, and we this won't. is this is Too not much. me changing your mind. This is just me agreeing. But I can't believe the dribble what? I'm looking at right now when I turn the show on. Really, I, I can't believe it. Every character is underdeveloped. Everything feels like a overproduced skit. I don't know, like what happened. None of the characters are endearing anymore. There's not even like one like and and ev- whenever they become a little bit endearing, they get fired like Billy Kay or something. <laughs> like like it's like I just don't understand what they're doing over there. Like it's like unless we can make action figure that sells good, this character is garbage. Like you know what I mean? Like that that's that feels like the mantra behind the scenes now. Writing doesn't exist over there anymore. And which it, is it, funny because it, they have so many fucking writers. Have, I saw this picture of a writer's room and I said, what do these people do all day? Like, because I, 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 don't, I don't see any any product here coming out of this. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I turn it on and it, everything just feels like disconnected and nothing. And well, what about in-ring no- wise though? Because I mean, a lot of people say how great it is in-ring. That's run its course though. And I've talked about this on the show about how they just said, 
oh, that ROH style looks different. Let's do that. And then that's all we do. It's very... Yeah, and again, we, they they made this decision years ago. I know, a long time ago. Yeah, and this could also be a, a separate topic, but we chose not to do a long form topic this time around. There's a lot of factors in WWE. I'm specifically talking WWE, the way it's shot, the way it's produced, the format, the promos, where everyone's got to come out with a fucking microphone. I know that sounds stupid, but it's just become accepted now for like 20 plus years. But it used to be that this was at least presented like there's a, a reporter covering what's going on. <laughs> this is like a sport or something. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that's a it's small like, aspect. I know, but that's to but me it, that's, that's it's little things like that. To me, you don't. It's not that you need that rigid. Like it has to be a sport. It has to be this. It has to be that. No, no, no. I, I know. I bring this up, and people always get like they're like, oh, they don't even talk about it. Actually, is that Lucha Underground? I always look at that, and I'm like. This look at that. That did it different, and it did it good. Like yeah, that, that did it well. That, that's what I mean about like it's one thing. Like I understand, I can see what they're trying to do. They want to change it up. They want right. to be so different and innovative, but they do it always the wrong way or something. And it's almost like they got blinders on. Let me put it this way for Tony. Again, I would never, ever, ever besmirch anyone, ridicule anyone, or put down anyone that enjoys what they watch to this day. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. That's stupid to do it's not fair but to give you my opinion i don't watch it right now and there's a variety of reasons but the main one is i just feel no interest or no reason to watch wrestling same right now i feel detached from the characters i think the characters is my biggest right characters and i really don't like the way it's presented i don't the mind way the presentation. Shot. i think it actually looks well lit i actually I'm not worried like, about lighting i'm just saying i, the, I just think it looks think it's, slick it's not that it's not how it looks. It's, I almost don't want slick anymore. I actually I'm we've o- had slick for so long. I'm okay with the slick. It's that I feel the to me. It's personally, it's the characters is the biggest problem. I understand. I'm so fed up with these unbuilt up characters, half with, fleshed out, half fleshed out, and you never know when they might just completely change who they yeah. are. Yeah, it's just tough these days yeah. for me. But again, if you watch and enjoy it, that's awesome, and I would never ever insult anyone for that. And we're going to end it here with, uh, you know, we started taking questions for this segment back in, uh, I believe, the end of March or beginning of April. And uh, I thought it was very appropriate to mm-hmm. end the segment, the final change my mind with uh, our dearly departed Ruben Vasquez Jr., uh-huh. who had sent in a couple. AWA was the best wrestling promotion ever. Change my mind. Nah, I'm not going to change your mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to change your mind either, Ruby. But, yeah. And to send us on home. Mac Rivera would have been a better choice to beat the Iron Sheik instead of Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. Of course. Definitely. We all know that. 100%. (laughs) Just to give you an idea of how uh, the kind of guy Ruben was anytime we would ask for (laughs) suggestions. That's the kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we would get. Why we loved him. Yep. Thank you guys, all of you, so much for all of your wonderful suggestions this season. We know we didn't get to everyone's. If you didn't hear yours, we're sorry. Again, the big wigs in Ogden. They're, they're big. They're, <laughs> they got wigs. And they're huge wigs, yeah. man. Let me tell you. Uh, stuffed shirts, too. Yeah. So it's like the big wig stuffed Everything's shirts. Everything's so big. It's <laughs> big time. Like, it's like that. Exactly, Quinn. But thank you guys so much for a wonderful game show this season. We really enjoy doing this one. Quinn, when we come back, though, we've enjoyed this as well. The worst world title changes of all time. Two more in the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It's the final flush. And that is coming up right after this.
way a little dude like you is gonna change oh. my ways. It's time you were tempted with the taste of nuts and honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. Did you take this? An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. <laughs> It's a honey envelope. It's honey that Cheerios. In the commercial vehicle arena, times are tough. But Toyota's not lying down. Just when you need them most, Toyota's bringing back terrific deals. The deals that flattened the competition before are back and more powerful than ever. Toyota's already on top, and we've got the deals to keep us there. But terrific deals must end June 28th. So for the deal of the year, see your terrific Toyota dealer now. Wrestling podcast no one's ever heard of. OVP. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 230, Monday, July the 5th. Quinn is still with me. I'm here. May July the 5th be with you. Oh, God. Uh, so anyway, folks, we mentioned earlier in the top of the show that we do have a Patreon. I'm just going to briefly mention it, okay? It's not going to be a whole thing. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast is your place to go if you want extra OVP content. So maybe you like our free show. You want to check out more of what we do. For $2 a month, you got the 1984 Canon, which just started. We've done every championship wrestling from both 82 and 83. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. And now we're finally in the Hulkamania era. We will be doing the MSG show from January 23rd also. That'll be coming up in a few weeks, okay? Check this out, okay? If you want to just check the free ones, there's older ones on our YouTube channel or on this podcast feed. You might get hooked on it. People have yeah. said that they'd never check it out. I will say this. For people just starting, the early episodes are us figuring it out because it's just supposed to be kind of us watching wrestling together, yes. right? But it develops into quite a thing. Yeah. It is now, to me one of the secretly most awesome things we do. It's very under under the radar, but check it out. Just two bucks a month. Yeah. That's it. And then also, not a lot of money, five bucks a month if you can spare it, we have the pay-per-view reviews. And that is where we've gone through since the first WrestleMania. Once a month, we do a pay-per-view. Out right now is King of the Ring 93. Wow. Yeah. Next month will be SummerSlam, obviously. I, I could be the king. You could be the king. It's, it's good great. to be the king. It is. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. These are like three plus hours, all of these oh, reviews. These are, these are big boys. Yep. We go through everything in detail. You even get the exclusive OVP star ratings. A lot of people love these pay-per-view reviews. You might too. All I'm asking you to do is consider it. If you know you're not going to donate, then don't. It's okay. We're not, we don't think everyone will. We don't expect everyone to do that. But if you like this, if you want to support us, and if you want more, you just go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. It takes like a minute to sign up. Try it out, and if you don't want it, you don't need it, you don't like it, cancel. Yeah. That's all you have to do. No contracts here. Nothing. No obligation. You don't even pay when you sign up. Right. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And now, Michael, the final flush. It's here. Yes. We can stink it up. We can stink it up one last time for this season. So what the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush are, folks, is before every season starts, we ask you, the fans... To give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, we've been doing world title changes. So what happens is our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he'll take all of those votes, compile them, and put them into two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. We alternate weeks and we pull out two names at a time and we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, which is now, 
you will have the definitive certified organic non-GMO baptized ordains USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst world title changes of all time. We finished the best last week when that's in the books. It's all set. Yep. There's eight names on the board for the worst. We're going to run them down for you. At number one, January 4th, 99, the finger poke of doom. So great. So terrible. <laughs> number two, right behind it, it's little brother, Nash Goldberg Starcade 98. One of Quinn's favorite Awful. things to ever happen. Hate it. Number three, my least favorite one, but it's not the worst, I guess, if we're talking consequential. Sting Hogan, that pile of shit at Starcade 97. The least consequential. Least? For WCW, yes. Least. Yeah. Number four, David Arquette. Yes. Also very little consequence. Truthfully. Number five, Vince Russo winning the world title on WCW. Again, nobody cared. <laughs> Because it was, we were past the finger poke. Well past. Anything past the finger poke really doesn't matter. <laughs> Number six, Hogan Yoko, WrestleMania 9. Mm. Quinn hates that one. Yeah. Number seven, not sure why it's on Extra here. Extra hate this one, too. <sighs> Brett Backlund, Survivor a Series. Terrible match, Joe. It's, it's not that bad of a thing. Number eight, it's the weirdest one on here, Sean <laughs> Brett Montreal. I, I still don't get this one. I, I don't I, know. I mean, it's... The match isn't that bad. It's the worst if you ask Bret Hart, you yeah. know, but that's probably about it. It really led to good things for don't the WWE. Don't ask Julie about it don't, don't fucking ask Julie about it, especially. Yeah, yeah we well, swear to God all you want, but someday God is going to strike you down. So those are the eight on the board. And before we go down to the fink, Quinn, we'll just remind everyone, we're not specifically talking wrestling quality. Mm -hmm. We have not specifically been talking what you might personally think of it, because obviously Hogan's thing would be my number one. We're basically talking about the implications we're talking about the negative consequences, mm -hmm. the context surrounding it, those types of things. With that in mind, there's two names left. Let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal I'm a cattle prodder, a stunt gun. David The final flush. There it is. World title changes. And okay, we're not Dang. gonna be doing this anymore. Whoa. Okay, we need to stop with the toilet. No, we're please with the toilet. It's, it's not the end of the, the season. Can I'll, we get I, it under control? Can we get here? a plumber in here? Yeah. Okay. So Quinn, we've run down the eight on the board. Yeah. They're all bad. Yo, the, this is all horrible. Now well, I mean not monster. Again, it was bad because it wasn't supposed to happen, or right. especially if you're Bret Hart, but with that said, the rest of the ones on here, with the exception maybe of Brett Backlund, they really didn't lead to good things. No. They were not, bad. Not, they were all horrible. It was either executed poorly, it led to some bad consequences. There's a lot of factors that play into this. And we got two more. We're going to find out. Are you ready, Quinn? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's Are do you this. ready? Are you ready? Let's all find out now which title change drew number nine. Do we have it? 
have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you supposed to hinder gender? You're not supposed to hinder him. And they didn't hinder him here. That's right. In uh, May of 2017 at Backlash, Jinder Mahal defeated Randy Orton to That's win. <laughs> super memorable 2017 Backlash. I always think of that one. He won the world title. To the consternation of many. Lots of consternation. And held it for, you know, about six months or so. But people fucking hated this at the time. They (laughs) hate it now. It got voted in. For something so recent, it got voted in. Why would you care about this guy? Now suddenly he is the WWE champion. So first of all, we're talking 2017. Yeah. None of this matters. So just, just first of all, just, okay. I just want to say that. Okay. No, not, the, the title doesn't, they don't care about wrestling anymore over there. <laughs> this, do they make an action figure of gender? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah. but, but anyway, second of all, I loved this. I thought it was hilarious. Did like, you really? Yeah, because <laughs> it's such a middle finger to like the, all, the, all these guys is like the most prestigious title and yada, yada, yada. It is a superstar that works for them. At least it's not like a celebrity or anything, first of all. This is true. But I do agree that it was weird because Ginger was just nothing. He really he, wasn't he anything. Was a guy, he was a guy deemed so pointless that they put him in three-man band. Well, th- exactly. Like, like, you know what I mean? And then he just came back and he took more. He had some more steroids or something. So they were like, oh, he looks good. And we got this India show coming up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Then, then they just like give him the world title. Like, not even like the second world title. Give him the like. The, the one, world the title. One with the lineage. The, lineage, the yeah, Bruno like, title. The real one. And uh, that pissed a lot of people off. So he came into the WWF in 2011. Okay. For context here. And he kind of just meandered around for a bit. Wasn't he in like the NXT game show and all that? Wasn't he part <laughs> of that? I feel like he was or something connected uh, to it. I don't know if he was in game show. He was in Florida Championship before yeah. that, which eventually rebranded into NXT. You know, I guess the first notable thing he did, if you want to call it that, was Three Man Band 2012. <laughs> that was obviously with Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater. He's very Saturday morning slam. He is. He's like, the it, Superstars relaunch that they yeah. did. Remember that? Yep. Super on WGN or something. <laughs> He's it's very that. much like main event. Like, main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that what I'm shit. thinking of, maybe. Yeah. And uh, Three Man Band was a thing throughout like 13 and 14. And then he was released in the summer of 14. Good. He no, went out and to- nobody was really. No one was clamoring no. or anything. Like They were like, oh, that's nice that he wrestled. And, <laughs> right. And cool. Three Man Band was weirdly loved, though, They by were the over in their own way, yeah. and their theme was good. Yeah, the internet really kind of loved them. And so they weren't serious. So, yeah, it's so funny that like people got mad. They weren't that. serious. They were yeah. like a joke thing, right? A joke little stable. Hold on. Wait just one minute. Triple H, shut up and listen up. I felt good. Yeah, I said it. Shut up! But he came back in 2016, two years later, and by the end of the year, he had this distinctively different look to him. Maybe we can ask Tony Legday what that's all about. He had, like, more greasy hair and A little and muscular, a lot more muscular, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Definitely taking something. The Eiffel Pro, professional bodybuilding program. And he was hanging out with uh, Rusev for a bit, and we love Rusev. I'll never no, any say friend of Rusev is a friend of mine, so <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't mind this. Maybe. He was in the, the Andre Battle Royal at 17, which this is the one because I know it's very easy to lose track, right? They're all so prestigious, Jeff. This is at Wrestle 33, whichever Wrestle that was. I think it was Wrestle Star or something like that, or Wrestle Snickers. They I don't remember. They didn't have numbers by that point. It was the one in Orlando. Yeah. He was the last guy besides the winner in the Andre Battle Royal. Now, Mojo Rawley won that one. Oh, wow. Big, big star. You might recall, with the help of 
Rob Gronkowski. Oh yeah, his friend. Yes, that. Look, we know a, we have a wrestler that's friends with a celebrity, <laughs> so that that's why we should keep him hired. This is what I mean this about is that like, what we were talking this about is before. That yeah, this is fucking ridiculous. So a little bit after WrestleMania, even you know, even though he didn't win this Andre Battle Royal, he won a six pack challenge to get a shot at the world champion. Now the world champion at the time was Randy Orton. Now, Randy Orton had won the world title at WrestleMania. Now, you might not remember that, but he did. And that well, wait, was the last WrestleMania? Th- at 33, right okay, before okay. this, he right? He won it at the 33, okay. Now, this was the era where it felt like he was feeling with Bray Wyatt, who was the champion. Oh, goodness. And I remember we watched this and everything. We had a reaction show. Remember, yeah. we, we did that with Donnie. Oh, we did. We did. Uh, very unmemorable, very yeah. forgettable. I don't but, remember we did the reaction show. That's how unmemorable <laughs> this is. And Orton won. Right. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Great. There's nothing to say. That nothing fucking happened. Like, it was just like a slow, plotting, nothing match. And then he hits the RKOF from out of nowhere because I guess that's his gimmick. Yeah. And he wins and he's the champion. And great and it's randy orton the champion randy orton, 2017 the champion. yeah i'm glad they're saving the big moments for wrestlemania you know <laughs> but this is the one this is the one where roman and undertaker went on last it was that wrestlemania oh right where randy orton just beats bray wyatt to win the title and everyone's kind of like okay i guess we're doing this again you know nobody cared no, no one, they weren't like even mad no they were just like, like you know what okay fucking bray wyatt it's like he he never pays off right who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was though yeah. so Orton is now the champion again and now Jinder has this world title shot mind you Jinder has hardly done anything of real import the last six months <laughs> except come back hang out with Rusev do steroids maybe think, whatever it is I think the majority of the viewing audience didn't know he worked there <laughs> I really do like I, I think people were like oh him right <laughs> I, I, I downloaded an episode of main event once and he was on it and he was on that yeah he goes into backlash he takes on Randy Orton. He wins the world title. <laughs> People are not happy about this. Immediately, there's like, who? Yeah. Who is this guy? Why? 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 Oh, I remember him. Oh, he's the three-man band guy. And then, like, that's, like, basically everyone. It's like, why did they do that? That's right. weird. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. But the, some people are just like, this is fucking outrageous. Uh-huh. He's got the, the Bob Backlund had that belt. And got, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, naming names. Right. And, like, no, remember tri- Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Triple H in real life, I think, was very supportive of this and was a big supporter of uh, of gender. So Orton gets a rematch, Money in the Bank, and f- because this is the era we're living in, and because obviously, you know, gender is the first champion of Indian descent, and this is kind mm. of a big deal, you know. For, it is. It is seriously. But of course, during this rematch, fucking Bob Orton Jr., Ric Flair, Sergeant Slaughter are all at ringside in support what? of Orton. <laughs> okay. Gender wins. They didn't hinder him that night. <laughs> And then they have a Punjabi prison match. This was weird to me, right? Because they, can bring, it, back, they bring back Kali. Yeah, so that's this is like, what did Kali have to do with Jinder? Because Jinder said that Kali was like his hero or something, and he's like, you know what? We're having a Punjabi prison match. When did that? Break. When just was that? Don't established? worry about it. Like it just was. They just invented this out of yes. thin air. They're friends. This now. is that era. Kali's he's he's only friends with the with the ladies in WF, <laughs> if, I, if I recall. Right. No, it's true. Kali's a big ladies man. He is. It's the- true. <laughs> We're at the point in the summer and fall of 17. Jinder's still the champion. He's still escaping with the belt and all that stuff. And he's actually going to challenge the universal champion, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, the universal. Yeah, that's what he was, right? Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to happen at Survivor Series. And that, on paper, at least is an intriguing match. Because 
Brock had won won it from Goldberg at that mm-hmm. WrestleMania that no one remembers. And so we have Jinder taking is on Goldberg. Is it on Goldberg. paper intriguing though? Because to me it is. Yes, it's not to me because Jinder's a jobber who just happened to win the not, title. And I know Brock Lesnar never loses, but you never know what they could pull. Right. However, a few weeks before Survivor Series on SmackDown. AJ Styles defeats Jinder to end this reign. Yeah, I remember this because they yep. were like, nobody wants to watch that. Yes. They just said, they, they just pulled the plug on this Jinder thing. They did. And that's the end of the reign. So it was about six-ish months. Everyone fucking hated it. Now, mind you, Jinder was a heel. Yeah. So the I mean, I- they should hate The it. idea is not to like it. The character. But I think it was more about, at least the sentiment I saw at the time, was that they just didn't like the idea of this, like, essentially this main event jobber guy just winning yeah. the world heavyweight title. Yes. Like it just, it seemed insane. Well, yeah. On one hand, you got to appreciate them going for it. Sure. Because a lot of times, one of the general complaints is it's always the same people or the champion and blah, blah, blah. And they gave it to Jinder Mahal for six months in this day and age and that day and age is a long enough time. The difference is, see, this is when I feel like a big disconnect with them, right? When they do stuff like this, right? And they say like, oh, this guy, he's getting the, t- the title. See, it's like a unique, different person, right? He never had the belt, blah, 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 right? But usually the reason you want guy who never had the belt to have the belt is because he has like an established character and you know who the fuck he is. And you're like, oh, that guy's good. Like Nobody, Dan Bryan. Yeah, like Dan Bryan, <laughs> you know? Like people like that. Instead, the, the, no one had any thought. They just thought, oh, he's amusing as like, the thing that the three man yeah and then like and honestly if there was anybody in that thing that should have deserved it was the redheaded guy that i don't (laughs) even know his name because he has no character either (laughs) but like other than like i i have kids or whatever his thing was (laughs) you know what i mean but like the point is the reason people want certain characters to win is because they actually earned that sentiment with them not they they don't give give it to somebody just because no one gives a shit about him but can i ask you one question Mm -hmm. isn't one of the hallmarks of a heel world champion is that you don't want them to be the champion that's one thing and that's fine they did that part right my point is you're not supposed to cheer when a heel wins the world title and you're You're not supposed to want that you're absolutely right and on on that merit i would have given him credit but the problem with this particularly is that there wasn't even that i was just like a lot of people were too we were just like who is this we don't even know this guy i have no existing like i don't hate gender previously from anything else right you know and i don't like gender previously from anyone else i just know gender as some dude that loses a lot on like b shows but like, you know what i mean yeah, like, no i agree like, i agree that he's nothing i guess mm-hmm. the point i'm trying to get at is that if you're a fan and you want to be happy when a face wins a title but you also want to be happy when a heel wins a title if that's what people want, like if it's if it, they're only satisfied when they get what they want, then you're basically saying there can never be a heel that you truly hate. You have to be in on it. You have to have a reason why you're like, no, I really don't hate them. I want this heel to win. And sometimes I think it's ballsy to do something like this because you're actually digging into people's natural aversion to somebody and they hate it. However, I don't think it improved ratings at all. Now, I will say one more thing. Just as in a comparison to, we're in the 83, 84 canon, right? Yes. But this is uh, apples and oranges. But I just want to make a point here. Go ahead. Is that when Iron Sheik wins the belt, right? Yeah. No one was happy. No one's happy. And that's correct. And that's, you know, no one's happy with Jinder either. 
the difference there is we know who the fuck the Iron Sheik is. He beat the shit out of all these people and stuff. Listen, I'm not saying that this was good. I'm not saying it did anything good because from what I understand, it didn't help ratings. It may They may have gone down mm-hmm. in a trend. I don't know. I didn't look it up in detail, okay? So I don't know off the top of my head. People feel free to look it up. Check out the SmackDown ratings during Jinder's run and then before and after. The ratings and have gone down every week since like 10 years ago. Yeah, that's like, the other thing too. So I don't know if you can blame a champion anymore because yeah. if no stars are bigger than the company, then I guess it doesn't matter what they do with the champion, does it? <laughs> Can't eat your cake and have it too. Right. But with that said, I get why people hate it because it's like, who the fuck is Jinder Mahal to be winning the world title? But I also think that's the desired reaction. Possibly. Whether that's a good business idea or not, I don't know. But <laughs> I think that was the... Re- because again... How many different times can you surprise the audience when everyone already knows all the backstage dealings, already always knows what they want, and if they don't get the finish they want, it automatically sucks. They also so, did this shit with Sheamus years ago when he was new. Yeah, no one wanted that either. Yeah. Right? The difference is Sheamus actually ended up being okay. He turned out really good. Yeah. He did. I actually kind of like him in the end. But I don't know that Jinder was a bad performer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Jinder... I don't think Jinder's a great wrestler. I, I have seen him. I think he was good at having muscles. Yeah, but... <laughs> yes, he was. I... Mm-hmm. I acquiesce to that. I don't think he's a great wrestler, but I don't think he's a terrible wrestler. I think he had a different look, a unique look, and I think it was ballsy. I'm not saying it was good, but I think it was ballsy to actually run with it for six months. Yeah, I that guess. That doesn't make it good. You know what I'm saying? I think it's ballsy that they do I anymore. I think it's ballsy! Because they're not going to go out of business, right. so who cares? But I think that was. I yeah. think that was a... There's no fucking stakes over there anymore. There really are, right? Yeah. Honestly. That's what I got. Let's not hinder gender, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got one left. Uh-huh. Are you ready to find out who drew number 10? Let's do it. Let's do it, fans. Vintage Rock! Here it comes! Another people down Yes! What do you gotta do to beat this guy? Ah, yes, the end of CM Punk's world title run against The Rock, Royal Rumble 2013. As decreed by His Royal Highness, The Rock, six, eight months before. Yeah, this all stems all the way back from (laughs) the first fucking Rock (laughs) Cena match, which was at WrestleMania the year before in 2012. Once in a lifetime, Joe. Yeah, once in a lifetime. It's never going to happen ever again. Never. And that stemmed from the year before at 27, where The Rock was the housed... And was involved in the uh, the John Cena Miz match, right? Mm-hmm. So that was 27. Then at 28, we have Rock Cena. And The Rock wins. Right. Of course he does. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, he doesn't work here. Why is he winning? And then he comes back and he's like, you know what? I'm going to wrestle for the world title at WrestleMania. He says, this match, I loved it so much. We're going to do it again. That we're going to do it again, but this time. I'm going to be the world champion. I'm going to, you know. This is going to be for the world title. Yeah. Neither man is world champion, right. by the way. CM Punk was. Yeah. We've talked about CM Punk over on the rankings, right? Uh Last week, in previous weeks, we've Mm -hmm. talked about him. And truthfully, he was a great world champion. He had won it for real after the start-stop thing they did, which was Money in the Bank and then SummerSlam. He won it for real from Del Rio, Mm -hmm. who I fucking can't stand in real life. He stinks. Let alone as a wrestler in WWE. Uh, He won that at Survivor Series 11, which was awesome. That was in New York. That was where the Fink came out and introduced CM Punk, remember? Mm -hmm. And it was like the big emotional, like the Fink is back. From Chicago, Illinois. God. Weighing 218 pounds, (laughs) CM Punk. Oh, 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 yeah. Why was everything with CM Punk, like, fan 
done. Like it was it's diff- things people yes. like. It had a bit of an underground feel to it. Yeah, even though it was it very felt mainstream, weir- weirdly real. Well, it was different, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we had had Cena for so long, uh-huh. and Cena again. One last shout out to him was a hero throughout all of this. One of the greatest of all time. He was I don't so care what good anyone fucking says in this whole thing. Yeah. And he's definitely not in the spotlight here. Yeah. You know what I mean? CM Punk from November of 2011 until January of 2013. That's a year and two months. Hey, thanks a lot, Albert Astain. Maybe next you can teach me two plus two, you fucking prick. Was an awesome world champion. Right. Had great matches. Feud with, not feud, but face Daniel Bryan. It was just a great run for him. He really changed the main event landscape a little bit. Because he really did. He did. Because he was he great. Had, him putting on great matches, giving great promos, and just being a different character than the John Hogan, John if you Hogan. will. Which, I, again, now I appreciate John Hogan. There's a time Hogan. and place for John Hogan, yes. but it was time for Punk Macho Man. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah okay, like, there you, know you know go. I mean, punk Bret Hart, maybe. Yeah, Punk Who, Savage. Yeah. yeah. Just don't say Punk Shawn Michaels. It's yeah. not No, he wasn't that. Thank you. I always, I always <laughs> equate, to be honest with you, I always equate Punk's character more to a Savage-like because he's Sa- just different. And he did the flying elbow. Yeah, and and it's not because of that, trunks. though. It's just it's more the style, the character of just this he's kind more of, of a Randy Savage, Bret Hart, Steve Austin. Yeah, elements of each. I'm not saying yeah. he's like any of those, but yeah, yeah. If anything, Shawn Michaels is more like a Daniel Bryan. That's more like yeah, like you know, a coming from under. I'm yeah. smaller than everybody kind of right. thing. Yeah. But anyway, we get to Mr. Punk here, uh, CP Monk. Yeah, and <laughs> sorry, there he is, and he did great. I mean, I really think so. I seriously think he was great throughout exactly all of this. Exactly zero people had a problem with this run. I mean, I, I'm sure a small minority did, and that's certainly their prerogative. Mm-hmm. But he was great. And then we get to the lead up to the Royal Rumble. It's really how they did it is what people have a huge issue with, right? It's the, it's the decree well, aspect. Yeah. And honestly, this starts way earlier. The, the Rock poking into this. I mean, this is around the summer of 12. Mm-hmm. Where the Rock interrupts Punk in an interview, and he's you know being the Rock about it, which oh, which yes. flies really well in 2000. But in 2012, <laughs> it pisses me off. This even, was, you know? I remember back then that this was a constant criticism of, by you of the Rock that he's just he's just like everyone sucks, this company's shit, and I'm right. the best, and fuck you all, and yes. I never wrestle, but I'm still the best. Like you know, like and it's just like really, dude. Like it's been like 10 years. Like can we? You're not the best anymore. But see, The Rock isn't here right now. No, no, no. The Rock is not here right now to talk to Frodo. No. (laughs) The Rock is here right now to talk about the WWE Championship. And in a nice blend of reality here. Now, Punk turns heel on The Rock, but a lot of people are still okay with this. And then Punk has a promo uh, a bit after this where he's like, Basically talking about how, you know, fuck people like Cena and The Rock. Yeah. And again, that taps into a real subculture of fans. Yeah. That th- and you and I are probably that target demoed. Yeah. And I know Tony Legday was. This mentioning of like these guys that, you know, make big money for the company and sell this shit. Right. And, and that's really the only reason why yeah. they're the champion and blah, blah, blah. It just taps into it. And Punk goes on kind of a tear. And I think he's like bitching at like King and Bret Hart and all these people. It's a real good era. It's for very, him. very real. It's again, the reality era or whatever they like to call it. Yep. And that's where he gets uh, Paul Heyman. Yeah. After this heel turn. But are you guys going to just use, pull your fucking strings? Well, I'm going to pull my fucking strings. Like Paul Heyman's pretty uh, big shot back there too. So fuck you. <laughs> right, like, right. You know what I mean? I'm a Paul Heyman guy. He supports me. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. 
So he has a shitty ass deal against Ryback, who was so green. I mean, this guy made the warrior look like a technician mm-hmm. during this period of time. Ryback. I, I like the charisma of Ryback, I guess, but I, whatever. The thing, so, you know, when I think of Ryback right now, I think of wrestling superstar Ryback. Yeah. That's like what I think of. And, and right. do it in your head, figure that out. Right. So anyway, we finally get to the rumble. I'm fast forwarding a bit here, but we get to the Royal rumble in January. It's punk versus the rock. Right. And there was this stipulation because you got to remember this trio had emerged from NXT. The Shield. Yes. They had just come in a couple of months earlier. Mm-hmm. And there was a sip- stipulation because their whole deal was they were there to shield CM Punk's yes, title reign. a lot reign. of people always forget that that's what their name is based on. It's Punk calling them the shield. They're yep. his shield. They're to protect him from all these fucking assholes. Yep. Like, now, he's a heel, but yeah. a lot of people still like him. And I, I noticed they're mostly like Ram Vonner people. Yeah. And like indie people. And other Roman. than Roman Reigns. Yeah. Other well, it's supposed to be Chris Hero. Other uh, than Leaky. Leaky. Yeah. But they, this is when they were cool. Yeah. This is when they were, they oh, were they fresh. Were very cool. They were they were new. But there's a stipulation that if they interfered at all, Punk loses the title anyway, right? Fair enough. So anyway, Punk has pinned The Rock. Now, The Shield put The Rock through a table because the lights went out or some shit. Don't worry about it. But Vince himself comes out. And he's like, you're going to be stripped of the title. But instead, he restarts the match. Okay. Because that's what The Rock wanted. Right. Well... The Rock does run the company, yeah, really. obviously, and his mom's the booker, or whatever. Yes, his mom is the booker, and The Rock wins, <laughs> and now he's the world champion. And CM Punk, Sim Rock, who doesn't really work here, that's what pisses uh, people off. Yeah, I think he doesn't he doesn't really work here. Then The Rock goes on to lose it to John Cena at WrestleMania. Right. Meanwhile, that's where Punk started the feud with the Undertaker. Right. Lost to him. At WrestleMania. It's kind of the downfall of Punk from this point. I mean, truthfully, his 13 is not very good. He's not quite the same as he had been. A lot of what he said in the past is because this made him, in real life, realize that this company is never going to get behind him. It's always going to be, as soon as the the big fish shows up that they can make all the fucking money off of, they're going to just dump him. It doesn't matter. Now, some might say that, hey, at least he had this run, which I would agree to an extent uh, to even go that long. But his point was valid. His point is also valid. His point was valid that they'll always go back to old wrestlers or proven names, and they'll never give really anybody a shot unless... For whatever fucking reason, they've decided, they've decreed like Roman Reigns that that that's the guy. Or Jinder Mahal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you will, which was obviously a few years later. But and any, Basically, Punk's point always was is that anybody who actually earned it is never really going to get over in this company. Or right. at least politically be given anything of worth. Like Daniel Bryan, for example, is they proved his point years later. Because it's never been about earning it in the ring. It's yeah. never been about earning it. It's, it's never been, been about being over with the fans. It's always been about selling a commemorative cups and like you know t-shirts and shit it should be it is sometimes about being over with the fans obviously but the writing was on the wall obviously and the rock won the title and it bothered a lot of people that the cm punk reign maybe not that it ended because it had again all things have to end eventually but maybe how why and when and how yeah that's it's the how it's because people because instead of CM Punk ever being involved in the world title scene again in any serious way, mm-hmm. it went from The Rock to Cena, and then Cena, you know, to Daniel Bryan, and that arc started, which was cool. Yeah, but, but then Randy Orton got involved too. Again, back to the and it was going to be Batista. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the end of the line for Punk as a serious main eventer, even though they tried to pretend like he still was throughout thirteen. He yeah, really and, wasn't. And like, he, I, I feel like Daniel Bryan was essentially pitched as a stand-in for CM Punk because. 
he probably didn't want to get involved anyway anymore. He was leaving. He was going to be fight, fighting uh, Triple H, as we mentioned, you know, recently at WrestleMania 30. Happened. And it didn't happen because he left after the Rumble. Yeah. But anyway, I get why people hate this mm-hmm. because it was The Rock who had not wrestled there regularly like since 2004. Years. Three, yeah. three. And not only that, he would already be coming like semi part time by a one, you know? It was just. It, 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 the Rock. The ham fisted nature That's of him why. coming back. Yeah. He beats Cena, which, from what I understand, by the way, quick side note, even Cena wasn't thrilled about that. And the guy, like, almost never complained. Mm-hmm. But even in their first match, even Cena had the mentality of, like, all right, why, why am I putting this guy over? What he is you he going to be here tomorrow? Yeah, that's, to me that should always be the first question with these right. kind of matches. Is he going to be here tomorrow? Now, obviously, he was a pro. He did it. He did a great job. Yeah. And then obviously he won. But it's just a dicey time. You know, it's a dicey time. I mean, just dicey because it, it really makes you think. It's like if Stone Cold or even fucking Hulk Hogan came up and said, "Hey, brother, uh, I want to win the world title." They probably would have just acquiesced to it. Yeah, no. You know, what, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just it, 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 that's the point. Punk was always trying to make is like it didn't matter. Like Brock Lesnar was another perfect fucking example. Yeah, which, like it's like it's like hey, I want to come back, pay me a million bucks, and give me the world. Batista title. was yeah. another one. Yeah, it, it's just that that was always their thing, and I still think they would do that if like John Cena just decided tomorrow that yeah. he wanted to be like a wrestler again. Yeah, they would just be like, well, fuck Roman Reigns, we can sell cups again and, yeah. and be relevant. No, there's probably some kernels of truth to that, yeah. Quinn. This sticks in a lot of people's craws, respective craws, and I agree that it should because I never liked it either. Yeah. Let's rank, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to run them down real quick. Finger Poke of Doom, number one, Nash Goldberg, Sting Hogan, David Arquette, Vince Russo, Hogan Yoko, Backland Brett, and Sean and Brett at Montreal. The gender thing... Again, I think Sean and Brett is just a bizarre one that I, I really wouldn't know. Like, yeah. It shouldn't even be on here. So I think the gender thing is worse than that, and I think it has the most in common with Backlund Brett. I guess so, because Backlund was pretty much like, everyone's like, what the Bob fuck Backlund is this guy winning fucking for? 1994, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, Right, and the build with Backlund is great, I mean, because he just snapped and his character is really good. I think at least there's some fucking story and heart to it, as much as I hate the match. Oh, there's heart. There's Owen, there's Stu, there's <laughs> Helen. Yep, no, but, there's heart and there's fart. And the, <laughs> <laughs> and the angle that unfolded at Survivor Series where Owen was being a dill hole. Here's the difference. There's a fucking story with Jinder is just like, oh, Marks, and I hate them, and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know what I mean? It's just like, fuck this. Like, I'm I, no more. Okay. Yeah. You really think Backlund and Brett is better? Okay. It okay. definitely is better. Okay, fine. Hogan-Yoko? Mm. What do you hate there, about Hogan-Yoko? What do I hate? Yes. I hate that it's just so sudden. It's a, it, it's exactly what we talked about with Punk, with the, with the like, oh, Hulk's back, fuck everything. So ridiculous to me. Let me ask you a question. I want your thoughts on this. Uh-huh. We have a fan who we, I'm not going to name his name, but we might call him the number one Hulkamaniac. Okay. You might know who he is, right? Yes. His name is Josh Kuhn. Hi, Josh. Call me sometime. Love, Sharon. His justification, and I believe Mark Rourke's also, I'll mention his name because he's a newer fan and he's been great, is that the fans were happy. I'm sure people who like Bret Hart weren't. Yeah, I even know. Even in 1993. But even if the fans are happy on that given night, they weren't happy afterwards. The rain wasn't good that Hogan no. had, and we've talked about that. They weren't happy once they realized that Hulk isn't going to show up right. for I anything. Mean, I mean, we talked about it on King of the Ring, yeah. that Hogan was like a crappy champion. 
Oh, he was dumped. He didn't do anything with the belt. He like, literally didn't do. He when you didn't say didn't do anything, the belt. we're not saying like he didn't do anything important. He didn't do anything. Right. I'm not talking about on TV even. It's rare that he defended it on TV, even in the golden era. Here's the thing. Is the reason, and we've talked about this before, the reason they give somebody the belt is because they're going to go make appearances at all the armories and like fucking like- Yeah, they're going to do the PR. Matt's party supplies and all this shit like around the country. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know. And the theory behind it is that you're going to have this champion defend the belt on the house shows. Right. But as we talked about on the King of the Ring review available now on Patreon, Hogan just teamed with Beefcake on the house shows that he did work. So it just doesn't make sense to me why they made him the champion. Yeah, okay, fine. The fans in Caesars parking lot and Dan Reichert's in the Poconos, they were happy. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Natalie Cole was happy about it. Right. Vince was happy about it. And then she forgot it. once she went to her show or whatever. <laughs> right. Probably. But other than that, it didn't have any good real effect, right? Attendance didn't go up. You can check the average attendance during Hogan's reign. It wasn't higher. Than mm-hmm. it was during Bretts. It was not higher. It was lower. It's even Look a it rain. Up. You didn't even do anything. You didn't that's even wrestle. So I think that's my biggest problem with it. It's yes, it, the fans are happy. Great. And whatever. Jinder, on the other hand, this is a lot longer. It's a six month reign. Kind of. I don't want to say. I'll give credit to Jinder. He, he tried. So I want to leave it there. Sure. Fair. Again, I also think it was ballsy. I, as that ballsy does, as you possibly can be when nothing yeah. matters, like when your company is billions of dollars and yada, yada, yada. Here's the reason why I say it's ballsy. Because it was probably unexpected and it legit pissed people off, which is just something different. Because, again, if, you, if you're only happy if the heel you want to win wins the title, then you're not. That's not what wrestling has traditionally been. You're supposed to get pissed. When the heel wins. You are supposed to get mad yeah. when the heel wins. But Joe, on the, on the flip side of that discussion is also the whole idea of like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I agree. Like, That's why people are pissed. I mean, it would be like if you gave the Brooklyn Brawler the fucking world title. It's not that in, bad. In like 1995 okay, or something. Okay, okay. Like, right. You know what I mean? Listen. Like, they're like, who? I'm not calling it good. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm just saying I understand what they mm-hmm. were trying for. At least Jinder tried and had a character and had a reign and had title defenses. Yep. At least he participated. Like, okay. So, at number enough. seven, don't hinder gender. Okay. We didn't, we didn't hinder him. All right. So, <laughs> rock, punk. Rock, punk. This is asshole. This is egregious to me. Like, this is like, you know that good time you're having? Well, fuck you. Rock's <laughs> back. It's attitude era, motherfucker. Like, done. Like, you know what I mean? So I think we can safely say it's worse than Sean Brett at Montreal because that really isn't a thing. Yeah. Right? It's worse than back when Brett? Yeah. Okay. Is it worse than hindering gender? Yeah. Is it worse than Hogan Yokozuna? It has the most in common with that, I guess, right? I think it's worse. It's like a it's like a betrayal. Like at least Hogan is like some people wanted it. Like I don't remember people being happy about this rock thing. Like I remember not, I don't remember the internet being happy. I mean I know that. Yeah, but I, I don't even remember in arena anybody <laughs> caring that much. Both are ham fisted. Mm-hmm. The Hogan winning and the Rock winning. I actually think the Rock one is worse. Right. Because look, I'm not a defender of ninety three Hogan. I like Hogan. Okay. I just don't like ninety three Hogan. Yeah. But at least it kind of makes sense from the perspective of Bret Hart kind of got fucked, right? Yeah. He had this match going against Yoko. We had him in the sharpshooter, right? Right. He had him in the sharpshooter. And then Fuji with assault, Yoko pins. To Hogan's credit, he doesn't come out to like storm the ring and try to get a match. He comes out to protest that Bret lost. Right. 
I'm being fair to Hogan, Josh. Okay, I'm being fair. He's checking on Brett. He does do this. You can see it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Fuji is the one that gets on the mic like an idiot. He, he made a big mistake. You know, and he, come on, come on, yellow belly. Fuji challenges Hogan. Hogan, obviously a historic opportunist. Worst opportunist. And he's like looking around. He's like, oh, Hulkamaniac, should I do it? Brett says do it. Mm-hmm. Brett does say go in there. What is he going to do? It's like. Yeah, <laughs> true. Don't fucking do it. Fuck you, Terry. Yeah. So Hogan gets in and wins the title on a whim. On the other hand, The Rock's like, I beat John Cena, Rudy Pooh, Pooty Pooty, CM Punky, Dunky Chunky, right? And all this immature bullshit. Like, it's 2000 all over again. Yep. He's like, it's July, and he's like, I'm going to wrestle for the world title at the Royal Rumble. What? Which is in seven months or six months. The, it, the, the audacity of the, like, predicting shit. Right. Is like, that's, to me, the biggest strike against all of this. It's, it's this concept that, hey... I'm so good that, like, <laughs> you know, anybody who's the champion right now, I can just beat him tomorrow. Yeah. And the worst part is it, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So he, comes, he doesn't even get, like, shown up. No. Like, really? He just, they, they try to make it interesting, yeah. but it's it, it doesn't matter in the end. So that's how CM Punk's reign ends. and Which is, is exactly why it began in the fucking first place was as, like, a rebellion against that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, like, very defeating. It's just like, well, he was fucking right. Yeah, like he was he was absolutely right. They're going to fucking cash in on him being popular. They're going to use it as much as they want. And then the minute they can make more money, they're just going to dump them. Yep. From a business point of view, it makes great sense. Yeah. From a fan's point of view, I don't think a lot of people liked it. So I, I can put it above Hogan Yoko. Can you? Yeah, I can. But I don't know. Look, we were as kind as kind can be about Russo <laughs> winning and Arquette winning. Yeah. I think we draw the line here, though, That's Quinn. That's fine. I mean, That's fine. listen. I think that's okay. Vince Russo did not need to win the world title. Yeah. David Arquette did not need to win the world title. Right. I can argue that at least Rock winning made sense from a business point of view. I agree. Okay. Fair I'm not enough. saying I like it. Fair enough. It's sound business, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying I liked it. I didn't. Yeah. But, so okay. we'll put that a number six. Okay. Hey, then we got a list then. So as we often do, I just want to mention a few names that didn't make it, but that people might be wondering about. Here's the next four, Quinn, that didn't make it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Diesel Backlund at MSG. Right. See, I think that would have belonged on here instead of Brett Backlund. Right. For, it wasn't even televised. <laughs> it was a yeah. funnier part, right? Yeah, yeah. And it kicked off the Diesel era, which was not good. No. Diesel's reign was not good. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. And it's because of what they did to Nash. Very upsetting. Also didn't make it. Vince beating Triple H. This I thought people would vote that in. I did. I, I was really surprised. Th- I really thought that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just thought... Come on, really? It's right in line with Russo winning and with Arquette winning. It's the Mm -hmm. same concept. Mm -hmm. And it did not need to happen. No. He did not need to win the world title from Triple H three weeks after Triple H won it or whatever the hell it was. You know what I'm saying? No, Like, he won it from so soon after Triple H finally won the belt. And you remember how big of a fuss that was about Triple H's finally the big world title push. uh, And then at SummerSlam, Austin doesn't even job to him. (laughs) Mick Foley wins and then... And then Vince fucking won the time. It was really dumb. Anyway, and then also <laughs> Survivor Series 99, big show winning in the triple threat. <sighs> I you hated know, that as a kid. I'm you, sorry you I know did. What, you know what the problem was, was with the big show is that they treat him like a doof. He had been doofy all the way up to that. Yeah. Except for his debut. 
it's one of those things that on paper it should be oh big show of course he should win the world title he's big but it was almost like like, (laughs) yeah i'm serious though like i've always said this to you i was like the biggest mistake they ever made with big show was having him lose a match ever and it was like immediate yeah when he debuted yeah because vince russo wasn't good in 99 the man should never ever fucking lose ever until he finally does you are stupid if you have big show lose no i know and you know what the other thing is? Even though he was a face, this had the same feel to like gender winning. Yeah. It was like, what the fuck did Big Show win the title? Just because they needed to eventually say that he won it. That and they had bait and switch because they had been advertising Austin who wasn't ever going to wrestle yeah. at this. And they did the car run over thing. To me, it's they painted themselves in a corner yeah. where they, they had Big Show losing matches early on. Yep. And then they were like, oh shit, we fucked up. And then we have to like give him the world title. When like his whole career should have been about never losing. And, and then, like, then uh, winning the world title. years and years yeah. and years later, like he's been denied or whatever. He should be like Andre too. Right. And like they, he isn't. And then finally, uh, Goldberg defeating Kevin Owens at Fastlane. I know what? that pissed a lot of people off because I didn't Goldberg. Care by that point, I didn't care yeah. either. But if I if I had been you know invested, that would have pissed me off too. And also, by the way, isn't that the Universal? So I don't know why that's on there. I guess that counts. But it's the technically a world title now. I guess Goldberg coming in pissed people off. Uh, okay. Some people were happy, but I, I don't was know. like indifferent to it. Yeah, to I was kind of like honest with you. It. I was like, that's nice. It was like. Because by that point, they'd already done this star comes back 50 times thing. Yeah. Like, so it was just like... The but, Rock being the first big example. Yeah. It, at that point, it was not even really that mu- that offensive. You just get desensitized yeah, to it. Yeah. But folks, thank you guys so much for your submissions this time around. We have ended the flush. Here are the final 10. Number one, the Finger Poke of Doom. Number two, Nash Goldberg. Three, Sting Hogan. Four, David Arquette. Five, Vince Russo. Six, The Rock versus CM Punk. Seven, Hogan Yokozuna, WrestleMania 9. Eight, Don't Hinder Gender. Number nine, Backland versus Brett Survivor Series. And number 10, Sean and Brett Montreal. Why is it on there, folks? That is the final flush of the season. When we do our next one, it'll be a whole different ballgame of celebrities in wrestling. But Quinn, when we come back, we're reviewing something very different from what we would normally do. Mm-hmm. It's a wrestling special on NBC, and that'll be coming up right after this. I don't care what your schedule is. I don't care if you work here 16 days a year, 365 days a year. You could be Santa Claus and have his schedule. You could one day a year. I'll still kick your ass. I don't care how many movies you film every year. I know how hard that schedule probably is, but every time you come back, whenever you decide to grace us with your presence, I'm going to kick your ass. Because this isn't Candyland. I'm like nobody you've ever faced before. You can make fun of the color of my t-shirt and you can talk about pie and you can sing songs and you can rhyme and you can do your tired, lame-ass shtick. I just want you to know that come Royal Rumble and you have about three weeks to realize this, I'm gonna kick your ass because I'm the best in the world. I'm the best thing going today. I'm the best guy you've ever stepped foot in the ring with. And you need to understand, congratulations, Rock. You just graduated from the kiddie table, but you just bit off more than you can chew. You're playing Little League with your little insults and your rhymes and your millions and millions and your finallys. And I'm in the big leagues and I'm swinging for the fence. You need to understand that your little jabs and your insults, it's all kiddie games. You can't leave a mark on the champ's face. Come Royal Rumble. Understand, when you step in the ring, 
Your arms are just too short to box with God. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 230. Thank you for being with us here. Quinn, as we often do at the end of every season, we shout out our other retro wrestling podcast friends. Yeah, we do that. There are other ones out there. I did want, you know? Did you know other that? wrestling podcasts. They're not hosted by Conrad Thompson or former wrestlers yeah. or anything like that. These are other people that do their best to have fun podcasting and put out a fun show. Let's talk about, first of all, for the best in Southern Fried Wrestling, check out our Southern Fried Brethren. Book in the Territory, that's with Mike Mills and his crew. They're doing the Southern stuff. That's not our cup of tea. No, we don't dabble no, in that. But it's their cup of sweet tea, and you can yeah. check them out. It's the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, Booking the Territory. You can also check out the one-man show. Well, he's occasionally joined by Kathy. We're, of course, talking about the unique and quirky Greetings from Allentown with our very own Peter Winston. Fun time over there. Check it's out, always a great time. Check out Greetings from Allentown, sometimes with Kathy. Yeah, the Kathy. Now, if you like the figures and the current wrestling and sometimes the smattering of the old stuff, check out the Chick Foley Show. They do a fun show over there. That is the Chick Foley Show. You can also check out, you know, Billy and Kobe, Quinn. He's, he's working hard for he, the money that's right That's right. He, yeah. is, he was one of the first ever OVP fans. First ever. And he has been podcasting since the Dickens. Yeah, podcast pioneer, if you will. He's a pioneer. Yeah. And he hosts That Wrestling Show. So you can check him out in our group. And it is Bill Yankovi and That Wrestling Show. There is also Steve and Eric who handle the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. PPW. PPW. They talk about the old stuff mainly. And it's a fun time. It's a very simple, easy listen. Easy breezy. It's easy and it's also breathy. 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 <laughs> it's breathy. They it's go. Keithy. <sighs> yeah, it's not Kathy. Yeah. It's PPW. Positively Pro Wrestling. You can check them out. If you like The Undertaker, I don't, but if you like The Undertaker, <laughs> check out Talkin' Taker because this is a great show. I'm not I'm not being funny. It's a good show. It's dedicated to the career of The Undertaker. Check it out. It's easy to remember. Talking Taker. I, I got a tip for them. Just on every episode, go, rest in ass. Yeah. You that, work that, that into it's, it. It's needed. It's, it is. If you like Steve Austin, there's a show dedicated to his career. It's our own Mike Prue, the bottom line cast. Mm. That's what? right. What? It's a really good time over there. Prue's a good guy and a good fan of the show. Good supporter. Love you, Prue. And one of our newest super fans, Luke Jennings, hosts the Memphis Continental Wrestling Podcast. He's a, mm. a British bloke over there, and it's a good time. Memphis Continental Wrestling Podcast. It's about the Memphis Continental, not... Not the Gordon Continental. Oh, not the, not <laughs> no, the Continental no, no, no. I like. But check it out, <laughs> folks. Those are our extended friends of the show. We love to shout out all of them every season. And uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us. We really, truly do appreciate that. All right, Quinn. We're reviewing something. Yes, we are. So, March of 1985 was right. an interesting time in the World Wrestling Federation. And in wrestling, because we are... On the build to WrestleMania, the first one. We want to clear up a little bit of confusion as to where you can see WrestleMania this coming Sunday afternoon. Many of you apparently feel that it's going to be shown on home TV. That is not the case, with the exception of a few cable systems that will carry it on a pay-per-view basis. We are at the height of the rock and wrestling connection. Right. Wrestling was very popular, becoming very popular on MTV. Uh, it had been. This had been building throughout 84 Thanks to the likes of Hulk Hogan, but not only Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. Captain Lou Albano, Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper, and her manager David Wolf and Wolf uh, Productions. White Wolf. We had had the brawl to end it all in July of '84, and we've covered that on this show. That's where uh, it was Richter versus Mula. 
And we had also had the war to settle the score, which was February of 85. That was Hogan versus Piper. WWF is on the upswing right here. They're on the tear, baby. They are starting to tear. The only way that you can see it at home in your particular location is to go to a closed-circuited, large-screen, either arena or some type of a building. But there's also some other things going on in wrestling, not WWF. And guess what? NBC apparently was so intrigued by all of this that they ran a special on March 16th, 1985 about it. Mm. So without any further ado, Quinn, let's see what this is all about. This is wrestling WWF on NBC special March 16th, 85. So I have no idea what the hell this is, and I'm kind of happy about yeah. that, to be quite honest with you. I had you. never seen this. I didn't know this existed until you dropped it in our inbox and yep. said review this. And if you need a copy, <laughs> you know where to go. So we get a very NBC sports style intro, very 70s. You know, we see guys like Slaughter, Kamala, Hogan and Blue pinning Johnny Rods, and then Harley versus Flair? Yeah, what is this? WWF NWA crossover <laughs> yeah, event? Right? Like, this is odd. As soon as I saw that, I knew something was up. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Wendy Richter, Sheik making Jim Powers humble. Good. And we're told this is a look at professional wrestling. Or, can Sergeant Slaughter take the Iron Sheik? A look at professional wrestling. Or can Sergeant Slaughter take the Iron Sheik? Was that really necessary? I am so confused. What is happening? <laughs> what, what? 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 Well, I don't know. But we we got to hillbilly Jim body slamming Charlie Fulton. Good uh, to see Charlie Fulton yeah, making into yeah. this, huh? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Representing <laughs> representing the '83 cannon as a uh, Bob Costas welcomes us from the ceiling of MSG. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Costas. Noted wrestling hater, Bob yeah. Costas. Remember. Doesn't never- wrestling suck now? Fuck you. This stinks ass. <laughs> You're terrible, Vince McMahon. You don't even watch, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I love that whole thing. <laughs> anyway, he's talking about how the stuffed shirts everywhere are outraged about wrestling because it's so stupid and people really hate it. Isn't he wearing a stuffed shirt? Yes. But in TV ratings, it body slams college football by three to one. The body slam pun. I hate when they do I that don't bullshit. Like it. yeah. I, it's seriously such a cl- cliche. Anyone on the news <laughs> thinks they're so clever when they do Like, listen to shit. It also has Cobra Clutch to the live attendance with 10 million fans a year. Well, fuck yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It has a Cobra Clutch on live attendance. They always act so bewildered that this is popular. You yeah, know what I mean? that's the one thing. It's almost like condescending. It They're is. Like, you believe this shit? This yeah, garbage is it, fucking successful? It is, like, though. Yeah, that's really, like, insulting to me. Especially when they're saying so many people watch it. It's like, oh, well, you just insulted 10 million people. Yeah. About how nice of you. Good job, assholes. Yeah. And it slaps the figure four on a total financial picture of some $250 million. That seems low for, like, well, back 85 then, even then? back then. No, I think it probably makes sense. I feel like sense. that's under... I don't know. Undercutting. I, th- I bet you they make more than that. I bet you most of that's WWF. Oh, yeah. Bob Costa says this is not a journalistic look on wrestling. Well, good. Well, that means no Meltzer. Five-star match and six-star match. Costa says that MSG is very important, and so is the WWF. And we see some clips from Championship Wrestling. Yeah, the show we built. That's right. <laughs> it's like we are the supporters of that show. We definitely are. Costa then runs down how the WWF has about 25 million viewers total on average. And they're going to make about $100 million this year Whoa! as we cut over to Vince McMahon in his office. Now, Vince has a very nice vest on, nice plant going on in the background there. 39 years old. Yep. They're very much like not in Titan Tower. He looks like he's in a shitty hotel business <laughs> center or something. That's the Ramada. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to do my work. He got the, the sweet 
so yeah. that he would have an office in the corner. He's a little desk. He's just like, he's probably literally booking shows out of this office. Yeah, you but, hear him on the phone here making plans about doing the PR for WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. off the West Coast and shit. Uh, Mr. T and Hawk are going to be uh, Los Angeles on the 19th, and from there we're going to have to swing uh, down to Phoenix to do some PR for March 31st. Casa says, yeah, there's other major promoters, but Vince is getting most of the attention these days. Yeah, that's a fucking understatement. Mm-hmm. He's made show business priority number one. He's got a magazine, toys, an upcoming cartoon, and then we cut over to a <laughs> Will Bano doing a commercial for his hotline. It was this early? I didn't know hotline? that. You know, the, this is Captain Will Bano, and you, if you want the greatest things of the rest of you, call 976. Yeah, you know, only that one. any hotline this early is really early. Especially his. Remember, yeah. Because remember, doesn't he plug his in the UWF or something? Maybe. It's real. Hello out there, this is Captain Lou Albano on WWF. And of course, a phone number you can call for key ring info and chit-chat. Lou is one of those guys that was always hustling. Like I wouldn't be it. surprised if he was like the fir- one of the first guys who just fucking did. He's like, I got an idea. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Vinny, what do you think of that? I'm going to do a hotline. You can have part of the profit on it, but I own it. Like you know? Frank Costanza over here. <laughs> the man's it. Vince now says, the goal in the World Wrestling Federation is to be the best at everything they do. Oh, that's right. That is his goal. Yeah. The goal of the World Wrestling Federation is simply to be the very best at everything that we do. This actually ties into, he's not a complete idiot. No, this is this is the genius Vince I was thinking of, the one that's not a complete moron. Right. Now, could he write out a good wrestling show and do storylines? I don't know about that. That was more like a Pat thing. Yeah. That I just a- thought Vince just knew where he wanted to get to, and Pat got him there. Like, there you, you know go. what I mean? Okay. It was like that kind of situation. Vince is like, we want Hulk standing tall with the belt, and right. Pat, get me there. Like, right. that's that's basically the direction. There you go. But Vince wants the best cartoon series, the best closed-circuit extravaganza, as he says, and mm-hmm. it's coming up on March 31st. The best merchandise, they want the best TV shows, and all of this is because one day, Vince says, they want to be recognized as the premier source of wrestling? No, no, no. no, no. The premier source of sports entertainment in the world today. Already saying that. Yeah. Very early. And you know Let what? him sports entertain you. <laughs> Let him. I, I'll try, okay? Uh, now we get a clip of Hogan pinning the Sheik at MSG. As Casa says, Hulk Hogan was once in a rock band. I think it was Metallica. He was also. <laughs> why did they keep bringing that up? <laughs> he was also in Rocky Three, but recently he was on the Grammys with Cyndi Lauper. And we get a montage of being, you know, Hogan being Hogan, and people love it. People yeah, love no, this Hogan. Is, this man. is definitely prime Hogan. This is prime Hogan. And we see him being interviewed by Costas, and Hulk calls him. We know something, Bashful Bob. That's <laughs> funny. You know something, Bashful Bob? You must have been out in a log cabin somewhere with no electricity, no indoor plumbing, no TV or no newspaper if you don't know what Hulkamania is all about. Good. <laughs> he's right. Because, you know, Cause is trying to shit on all oh, of this. Oh, he's trying to, like, downplay the Hulkster right in front of his face. Can you believe people like this you shit? Believe you believe know? people like him? Yeah. Look at him, he's an idiot. So Hogan continues to passionately talk here about how he lives this business day and night. And for the record, Quinn, this I love this version this of Hulk Hogan. Hogan. He was so good with the PR. Can you imagine Snooker doing this? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been like messing up oh. and like letting Bob Costas like get one ups on him. Oh, it would yeah. have been a disaster. Anyway, we go back to Bob at MSG, who talks about various WWF feuds, and of course he compares it to ancient Greece. Okay, calm down. I hate when they do that. Every friggin' special we watch about wrestling, anyone, it's always, it started with the ancient Greeks, and they, the cavemen were wrestling, too, and, like, yeah, it's like, okay. We know. Yeah. Oldest sport, whatever. (laughs) Hey. Allegedly. 
We jump cut now to the Piper Cindy Lauper Albano thing at MSG where Piper beats the shit out of Lou Albano. Yeah, the rare. This yep. is this is the face turn, right? Yes, officially. And then he tosses Cindy Lauper around, which is huge for mm-hmm. 84. And then he happily power slams David Wolf, good. which I kind of liked. I'm sorry, but I did. White Wolf is sticking his head in. <laughs> he thinks he's good. Yeah. Now a clip of Piper attacking Snooka with the coconut a little bit earlier. What a fucking heel Piper was, He was great, really. What a heel, man. I am so excited to see him develop in 84 canon. Because we just had his debut uh, last week. He just came in. Yeah. And he's a breath of fresh, rotten air. I'll tell you that much. He's a great heel. He's a real heel. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Costas here says, why can't Rowdy Roddy Piper be nice like Andre the Giant? Well. (laughs) And then he talks about how Andre never loses... But he can't seem to get a title shot. Wait, already with that? I don't know what I, that I, was. I, that was odd to be mentioned over there. I think that was coincidental, right? Yeah, I don't know. Unless Andre was like, man, sorry if you don't talk about me. Yeah. Just, uh, I never went about. Good check on. And good check on. Then we see Superfly with a Superfly splash, followed by Paul Orndorff pile driving someone. Now we introduce the Iron Cheek and Nikolai Volkov as Costas says here. He says he's from Russia, but his passport has been mysteriously misplaced. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. We get an interview now with Blassie as Volkov and Sheik are happily there and Volkov is crushing an apple. Oh, how nice. How nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> Blassie, he makes his own apple juice every morning. <laughs> it's funny. Cut to Volkov singing the Russian national anthem all proudly. Costas now introduces us to another duo, the delightful team, Quinn, of Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco. Yes. I love them. And that's a real team. So we get a quick interview here with those two and Bob Costas. Fuji says his usual Fuji shit about how we cripple opponent a pain and sadistic and cruel, you know, all that. Pain or opponent is screaming for mercy. I love that Fuji got airtime on this, by the way. He's a character. If you're going to run a special on NBC. (laughs) Ha ha. Very big surprise. And then (laughs) you got to love Morocco, too, because he's like talking about, you know, the evils and the sins of mankind. And Mr. Fuji, like, look at the wrinkles on his face. He knows all about it. I love that. Look at the lines on his face. Written on his face are all the evils and all the sins of mankind. I love the way Don Morocco talks. That's an underrated person right there. Fucking awesome, man. He Uh, really is. Him and Fuji. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. But here's my, my note here, Quinn. The way Bob Costas throughout all these interviews, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of... I, I know what you mean. Sarcastically side-eyeing mm-hmm. the camera. At like Jim from The Office. He's like, kind of look at these idiots. Yeah. Like, it's so disrespectful. And so whatever you might think of a guy like Mooney or Pettengill, but especially Mean Gene, right? They never did that. Yeah. They never like were like, can you believe this bullshit? I remember Mooney saying in the interview, he's like... You had to play it off like these guys are, are real. Or they're serious. Yeah, this is dangerous. I yeah. think that's one of the words Mooney used. Like, this is dangerous. This is that's real. That's why Vince would never have people like Bob Costas working for him. Right. Because they, they're they're fucking patronizing and right. awful. You have to be all in yeah. if you're going to sell it. It's got to be real to them. Right. Seeing Costas interview these people, he's like just looking at the camera, like almost practically winking at the camera. It's awful. And that's why a guy like Bob Euchre and Regis, and we'll be talking about them next season, I'm, yep. I'm sure... They sold it. Mm-hmm. And they, that's why they were loved and yep. they were liked by fans and people within the business right. alike. There you go. Fuji says, Banzai, as we cut to ju- Junkyard Dog entering the ring. And then a random clip of David Letterman on his show 
talking to Diane Keaton about how she was recently spotted I at wrestling. Loved this. She's so I, good here. Oh my god, Diane she's, Keaton is great. She's like, it was great. It was everyone was going crazy. There were so many people there. I mean, I'm telling you, it was great. Have you been? Not since I was much uh, younger. Yes, but you must go because it's it's just insane. Why wasn't Diane Keaton at WrestleMania? Because she fits perfectly. She's awesome She's better here. than Mary Tyler Moore was. She knows what's going on. She's she like, has, I loved it. Oh, she was like, and remember, she's like to Letterman, she's like, have you been? It's yes, like yeah. so great. Like, it's like, there's all these people. It's very exciting and everyone's into it. And like, she's, she's like the best advertisement for fucking live wrestling I've ever seen. <laughs> and he's like, no, uh, I haven't been. Paul, Paul, have you been? No, I haven't been, yeah, Dave. Yeah. I haven't been to wrestling. It's like beautiful actress, like yeah. hyping the shit out <laughs> right. of wrestling. Yeah. It's like, what? Fucking A, man. I wish nobody ever talks about this. <laughs> Diane Keaton, like, all into WrestleMania. I had no idea. Yeah. Mean Gene now is here to say how uh, people like to sit down at a given sporting event, professional wrestling, and uh, it's easy to watch. <laughs> it's good. People like it. Mr. T says, there's a bad guy, there's a good guy. And people like to come in, and they like to take off their anger on the bad guys. Oh, calm. I like him. Like sweatshirt on. Gotta say, man, T... Again, I know we'll be talking about this next year. I'm Another sure we'll be talking about him. Another ally of wrestling. Yeah, he yeah. treated it seriously. Yeah. The and PR he did for this is great. Mm -hmm. and, and wrestling treated him good, too. Yeah. Back. He treated it like it was real. Back then, it was very simple to get over with the fans, by the way, because all uh, for celebrities coming in, because all, all they had to do was keep kayfabe, and people were like, oh, they get it. Yeah. Like, and that was it. That's literally all you had to do. People were like, T is cool, because he would show up on fucking superstars and, like, beat up people yeah. and stuff, and you're like... Oh, okay. He's like in the story. And like, he, right. We like him now. And his promos were intense. And yeah. He, he really, he was like, this is real. This hurts. This is yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. Remember all those interviews, yeah. too? He's like, no, no, no. This isn't bullshit. Like, when, you know what I mean? When you got fucking Richard Belzer making fun of wrestling on mm -hmm. TV, Hogan and T are like, fuck you, man. Yeah. And Hogan was good. Hogan, besides choking him out, Hogan handled that well. Imagine the celebrities that got it and like the, the benefits of that and like them getting big paydays and shit. Right. How do they not tell their celebrity friends like, hey, this is like good money right. and like people like it. Mary Hart got yeah. it. Again, this is an unintentional preview of next season with the celebrities. But yeah. like, really, that's going to be one of the aspects, I think, Quinn. Mm -hmm. Bob Costas, fuck him. Because yeah. he's being a dill hole here. Yeah. And that's why you're just on NBC <laughs> reporting sports. And sometimes you have pink eye and stuff on the Olympics. <laughs> anyway, Bob Costas is now with Piper on the pit, on the set of the pit. And he asked, you know, what is the appeal of wrestling and Piper? Me. <laughs> <laughs> He's partially correct. He, he it's was like basically big... him and Hogan, really, yeah, and, 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 and Cindy and, and, and Richter. Yeah. Yep, but I mean, like, guys. he's on the short list, is he, my point. Absolutely. So Bob tells us to hold on to your turnbuckle as we go to break. We come back where we get the girls just want to have fun video. Captain Lou, obviously, very famously, her dad. They're explaining over it, by yep. the way. There's like narration this right. time. And perfect casting, by the way, because Albano in the shitty sweatpants and the wife beater just looking all great. Perfect. Albano is such a fucking slob. What I a love character, him. man. Uh, Albano's, a, I always say this, but it's, you see it especially during this time. It always pops up. It's like how fucking crucial Lou was. He was great. Like, it, he, he really it. was great. Yep. He sold it. Yeah. You, you believe it. He was it. a great, like, ambassador f for wrestling simply because of what such a character he was. It's like anybody could look at what this is and they're like, well, that guy looks like a piece of crap. Right. Like, right. It's like, screw him or whatever. Right. You know, I get it now. Now I know why people are cheering against this stuff. Right. right. Absolutely. So, of course, in quote unquote real life, you know, behind the video, Albano claimed to be Cindy Lauper's manager. Mm -hmm. We get a clip of Maestro Piper over here interviewing Albano. Then we cut to Cindy saying, I love Lou, but he's not my manager. And Lou storms in to bitch at her, leading to one of the all time 
greatest clips on our soundboard. What? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> what? What? She nails. Amazing. I love when we saw all this in the build up to um the brawl that ended all whichever one it is. But she nails Obano with her purse, and then we cut to that fucking promo where there's a shirtless. Greasy Albano with like chips on his chest or something. <laughs> he's chips on his chest. He's in like a dumpy apartment. There's like an air conditioner behind him. It's so disgusting. <laughs> is Piper there? Is Piper interviewing him, right? And like I don't Lou know, Albano's behind I've him. I've never seen what this is from. It's, I've only seen clips of it, and it's the grungiest I've ever seen Lou Albano in my life. It, like yes. it's he looks like some disgusting NES villain or something. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like from an NES game. Yep, yep. Like some blob or whatever. It's tremendous. I love all of this, Lou is a total fat asshole. Yep. It's amazing. And he's like bitching at you. Know, I, she owes everything to me. I'm a manager. You're a liar. You're a sneak. You're a cheat. You're a disgrace to your family if I made you. This is interspersed with like back and forth they clips cut it, of yeah. Wendy and uh, Cindy. Straight up ripped the MTV special. A little bit. And just because it was clip like that in the MTV one. Yep. We get to see Albano uh, eating subs with Moolah. Mm-hmm. By the way, Quinn, did you know that she used to be slave girl Moolah? Oh, yeah. Did you know? She'll tell did you if you didn't. they mention it in this? I <laughs> no. didn't even notice it because it's just mentioned so much. I just figured, <laughs> oh, maybe they mentioned it. No, no. Anyway, Richter won at that match, which yeah. was awesome. Good. And then we go to Cindy, who's very cool here. And she's like, you know, wrestling's no longer an underground thing. And why it, is she? It's popular. Okay, you know? so here's the thing. Is this this version of Cindy, because it said from MTV, she's got the like sunglasses oh, yeah. and she's more chill and she's like, like I'm it. so cool. You know, it, make, it makes my life better. And, yeah. Uh, it's so important I, I, to me. I think it's very important. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? It's you like, should like it. Yeah. You <laughs> should weird. watch it. It's weird how straight she's playing it. It's like kind of, it's kind of stupid in this way. That's like reflective. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, it, listen, we're talking about beating up a fat butthole who has like <laughs> a hairy chest and chips on it. Like, and in essence, an old lady. Yeah. A, a tough old lady. I, yeah. would, I wouldn't fight Mula in all yeah. seriousness, but mm-hmm. a tough old lady. Yeah. Then David Wolf. He's like, you know, wrestling and rock and roll are very similar because, you know, wrestling is very energetic and uh, entertaining. Up, I know. Get, the fuck, get, get out of here. He thinks he's good. He's not part of it. Like, <laughs> just because he got, like, hit by something once or he whatever. T- he, he talks way too much on these specials. He really thinks he's, like, hot this, poo, this, man. Is, this is his thing. Yeah, yeah. his ticket. It was all him. Go back to Vince, who says, in the World Wrestling Federation, we're in the entertainment business, and we're going to broaden our marketing demographic any way we can. See, yeah. that's, again... That's what he was good at. I'm yeah. not saying he was a good booker, necessarily. No. Thinking of things to do that were outside the box. Yes, right? he was good at that. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> as an example, we cut to TNT with Vincent Lord. This didn't help. Like, like yeah, I don't know. This show is... I guess the older I get, the more I appreciate the camp. It's camp, but it's camp. There's, no, there's no way that I can believe that common people were looking at this and being like, I'm going to watch wrestling. I would like this. looks like garbage. Well, like, this <laughs> makes the company look bad. It makes them look doofy, right? Yeah. Costa says it's one of the more popular shows on cable. That can't be true. I want to know. Yeah, that that's impossible can, to me. It's it's awful. Maybe the first episode was highly rated, but after that. Are the Nielsen's out there somewhere, folks? Anyone, any one of our fans <laughs> out there? For this show and comparative or the top 10, you know, anything. It's hard to sit through this show. Like it's, it's rough, man. Like I, we like wrestling and it's hard to watch. It is. No, I don't like watching it. Yeah. Then we cut to Paul Butcher Vachon getting married on TNT. That whole thing, Quinn, was incredible. Yeah. I knew they kept Butcher for a reason. (laughs) Like, wait, see, he just entered in, in, in In 83. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And of course, after the wedding, Dr. D body slam Butcher because fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Gotta have a body slam at a wedding. Back to Costas at MSG where his hair is suddenly worse. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, okay, what happened here? Is it, we need to address this hair. 
all of a sudden he had like a curl or something. Yeah, he's like, got like weirder hair. Yeah. What happened here? I don't know. I've never yeah. seen Bob Costas with hair that looked like that. I don't know. Did like someone walk by and give him a nookie? Yeah. No, no, no. It looks like somebody hit him with a curling iron or something. <laughs> I, with a pie and he had yeah. to wipe it off maybe. So we talk about Gorgeous George because I think you're like contractually obligated to if you do a wrestling for special. For covering wrestling in general and not just WF. Yeah. That's, yeah. Gorgeous George. You might remember. Your grandparents might remember. Yeah. Him, you know, like, blah, blah. Wrestling's old. Yeah. And then this guy, Bud Collins, tells us about it. This now, guy, what the fuck? He may have had the heart of a roughneck, but he had the soul of a poet. He brought a fresh, new aroma to his sport. He was a noted tennis expert or something. Excuse me, journalist. what does he have to do with this? I don't know how much he... Co- you know what? He probably covered wrestling during the Gorgeous George era. Neat. Or at least watched Neat. it. <laughs> Neat. So he equates wrestling to Cain and Abel. In fact, he says it was Crusher Cain and Abel the Animal at Eden Square Garden. Are we serious over here? Is he joking? Crusher Cain and Abel the Animal. Maybe that was the billing back in the original garden. Eden Square Garden. Also, the Sumerians wrestled. So did the Greeks. So did the Trojans. Henry VIII did too. Because he liked the heavyweights. Hey, stop! (laughs) Yeah, I get it. He's fat. (laughs) You're really clever. He (laughs) definitely didn't wrestle. There's no way. Uh, and Abe Lincoln, <laughs> he wrestled too. In fact, he defeated the guy named Jack Armstrong and won $10 with what sounds like a choke toss. What the fuck is this? What is this? It's horrible. This whole segment is lousy. This is lousy. This is yeah. a total departure. By the way, do you think when Lincoln won, he said, uh, pay me in a couple of Lincolns? Oh, I couldn't yet. I know. Maybe, it wasn't maybe the money that's yet. why they, they gave him the Lincoln, you see. It's possible. Because of that, that match with... Jack Armstrong. Jack Armstrong. Is. Is Bob, uh, Bullet Bob's grandfather, I mm-hmm. think. Anyway, Bud continues to talk about how eventually amateurs gave way to professionals. He looks like a creepy guy from an 80s movie, Yeah, by he, the way. this is enough with him. He should be in, like, Cocoon or something. Yeah, Cocoon. Yeah. Anyway, we bring up Joe Stecker, Frank Gotch, and, of course, Strangler Lewis. This is a really bizarre divergence, it's, this whole thing. It's like they had to bring this guy in to, like, cover the history. I feel like they just need to fill time. <laughs> You know what? This, you might this, be right. This isn't long enough. Yeah, you might be right. Footage now of Man Mountain Dean, because, you know, we have to talk about old shit. Big, fat Man Mountain Dean. Man Mountain Dew. Anyway, clip of some fucking weird match <laughs> of people in the... this? Th- okay, th- folks. <laughs> I know, this is real. This really happened. I've never seen this. There was a match, I guess, in the 30s where they're in a ring, but covering the entire ring is like a pit of dead fish. <laughs> Why did they do this? I don't know. Why is it a dead and fish they, match? You know what the funniest part about this is? Is because it's from the 30s. Oh, they blatantly and blanketly state that like the 30s was a weird time <laughs> for wrestling. Like, like as if like oh yeah, fish matches. That was the like, <laughs> most common hot shit in wrestling only in the 30s. What the fuck <laughs> is this? It's probably like a one-time dumb thing that some promoter thought of. It's like, well, <laughs> wouldn't if they wrestled in a bunch of dead fish? I, I don't know why. Maybe something happened. Somebody threw a dead fish at somebody or something and then they said let's have a dead fish match people think russo 99 is bad yeah this is some russo shit well you know here's the thing is if we if we ever have our wrestling promotion we're gonna have to do this now yeah i guess so ovp convention or something the The dead dead fish fish, dead fish match anyway french angel now of course yes and some hairy guy some caveman what is this shit i don't know so apparently this was very popular on tv as you might well know tv in the 30s yeah tv in the 30s yeah but then milton burl came along Mm mm-hmm what? And then okay. Steve Allen was also there on TV, but he was also a wrestling announcer. Future WrestleMania 6 star That's also. That's right. So we cut to Steve Allen talking a bit about Gorgeous George again mm-hmm. and Baron Leone. I don't... Whatever. And we talk about Antin- Antonino Rocca and how he liked to use his feet a real lot. 
And get drunk. <laughs> As an announcer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, i tell you, General. <laughs> yes, General. He disappeared for a couple of days, you know, or a week, and he come back with something else. What? One of the worst things we've ever watched was that. I don't know what he was saying half the time. It's <laughs> so, all sweaty. Very upsetting. The arena was God. dark. Looked like Frankie Carbone. Yeah. Anyway, Primo Carnero was good too. Yes, I've heard. Then a clip of Pat O'Connor using the O'Connor role. Oh, I see. That's where it came from. Which he invented on <laughs> Joe Garagiola, of all people. Ooh. Joe Garagiola was a, a mediocre baseball player and then a very good, well regarded baseball announcer for many years. I see. But I did not expect to see Pat O'Connor putting the O'Connor role on Joe Garagiola today. So there you go. And then we suddenly cut to... (laughs) This is so weird. Gorilla Monsoon carrying Bud Collins away in a fireman's carry. What is this from? It's so weird. You know what? I'm going to take you away. Now we cut to them sitting on the couch where Gorilla... He says, uh, you know, Bruno Sammartino is probably the greatest uh, ever to hold the championship, Bud. Well, Bud, you know, it's... uh San Martino undoubtedly has to be uh, the greatest individual to ever hold a championship. Something more like President Monsoon over here in that scene. He does. This he looks m- like 1995, not he 1985. <laughs> I like how he's always the ambassador. They yeah. always trot out Gorilla because he, he knows what to do in these situations. <laughs> he sound like a moron. He's the most articulate, you know? Yeah. Then he talks about how the worst time for him, for Bruno was when Bruno took on Stan Hansen. And he yeah. took on Stan Hansen. It was the time he took him on, and he broke his neck. <laughs> we get some clips of them wrestling in MSG, which is kind of cool. I've seen that match. Young Stan Hansen. Bud Collins then brings up Gorilla's confrontation with Muhammad <laughs> Ali. Was he cow? <laughs> Gorilla talks about how... That's <laughs> so stupid. You know, Ali had recently signed to wrestle Inoki, and uh, he wandered down to the arena, hopped in the ring, and tried a few jabs at me. And then he's like, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. Well, bud, all calm the whole time. Very gorilla. I love calm gorilla. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's a totally it's different. soothing. Different than our, oh, fuck up, you know. Oh, you just, yeah, I got him. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's a whole different cadence and tone for gorilla, and yep. I love it. He had signed a match maybe just a week before to wrestle a Japanese wrestling star, Antonio Inoki, in Japan. And now Bud reads a horrible poem that is based on the song As Time Goes By. The world will always welcome wrestlers as time goes by. Is this over? It's so long, this, this segment. This was the worst segment on here except for Gorilla. Back to Colossus and his David Letterman hair. Holy shit, I know the hair appeared and we mentioned it already, but what the fuck happened? I don't like, know. Why does it look like that? He looks like Letterman. Oh my goodness. And he's trying to talk about Slaughter versus Sheik. Oops, it can never happen again because now the Slaughter has left the oh, WWF. Controversy. Oh, controversy. That's right, he had recently left and Casas says that Sergeant Slaughter was a big draw for the WWF and he wanted more money, but no, he didn't get it, so he left. Wait, are we going inside the business? Is this what's happening Inside here? the rustling business. Rustling. So Vince says, you know, we're occasionally let down by some of the performers. Not often, but when it happens, we ask him to leave. What? what? Oh, excuse me. So he Cos- wanted more money, <laughs> yeah. so I told him, get the fuck out of my company. <laughs> so Costas flat out says, he's like, so was Sergeant Slaughter, uh, did he leave or was he expelled? And Vince is like, nah, I'd agree that he was expelled. Damn, Vince, calm down. That's Bob Remus you're talking about. Big future friend of the company That's like, right. forever. I, you know, Vince, I thought WrestleMania 6 was very good. Can yeah. I come back? Yeah. And Vince is like, yeah, you're fat. You fucked up your career. Of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's what it is. He's like, yeah, I'll show you, motherfucker. I guess. How good it is over here. I don't know. He's oddly loyal to Slaughter, though, after that. After that forever, yes. Yeah. Until he, he never fired gets him a few rid- years ago. Yeah, but I mean, he was like really old at that point. I mean, he's... 
the Bob should be at the retirement home. Bob I, Remus or Bob yeah, Costas? Bob Remus. Both of them. Yeah, so it's like, I think that I think Vince was doing him a favor there. Maybe. We cut to a very calm Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> you know, the promoters, they're very greedy. So I went to Pro Wrestling USA. AKA nothing important. Yes, we'll talk about that, folks. If you don't know what it is, it'll get mentioned. The promoters are pretty greedy. Uh, I guess every promoter, every manager, every owner is that way. So we cut to Slaughter in Pro Wrestling USA with Kamala. Also, Quinn, Bob Backlund is there. Lurking around over there. (laughs) So we get an interview with Backlund now, and he's like, you know, I was told told that what I do is not worth marketing. Well, that's true. It is true. Yeah, it is. I hate to. We watched all of it. I'm not trying to be a hater. Yeah. I like Backlund's rationale here, though, and he's very balanced and nice Mm -hmm. here. He says, you know, well, Vince is the boss. I didn't agree with him. I didn't argue with him. It's just a difference of opinion, but I just want to be Bob Backlund. I don't want green hair. I don't want to be a rule breaker. I just want to be a good role model. Should have changed his character years ago. Vince was actually right. Yeah, from, saying. from a making money and marketing point of view. He was yes. never going to survive once like no. things changed. No. But I appreciate Bob Backlund's dedication to be... I really do. I'm not That's being fair. I, I have no problem with that. To being that, to being a good role model. To be, I, I yeah. have no issue mm-hmm. with that. I just want to be Bob Backlund. Uh, I don't want to have green hair. I don't want to be a rule breaker. Um, I try to be a good role model for our youth, and uh, that's my part in professional wrestling. If it isn't, I'll drop out, and that's what I did. That was actually the most, like, the least bitter. Yeah, you no, know, it was like, just kind of an honest, like, I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, that's just, all it was. We didn't argue. We didn't argue. I just left. Just said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this. We profile Eddie Einhorn now, who is part owner of the White Sox. He's a USFL owner, and now he's... USFL, that means you're garbage. (laughs) And now he's also an advisor to Pro Wrestling USA. Who is this? Who the fuck is this guy? Apparently he didn't advise them to just not do the, you know, Pro Pro Wrestling Wrestling USA. USA. stinks. It didn't work. So we get clips now. Here's where it comes in. A flair versus race. As Costas explains the regional promoters that are involved in this conglomeration. So folks, if you forget what Pro Wrestling USA is, it's an attempt to compete Against Vince McMahon, the lucky idiot. And what a great <laughs> idea. And here's who we got. We got Vern Gagne in okay. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We got Fritsch Von Erich, Texas, mm-hmm. obviously. Dusty Rhodes from Mid-Atlanta. It's, not, it's really Jim Crockett, but okay. And they probably couldn't get Crockett to be on. They couldn't say his name for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe. just because Dusty's the booker. Yeah. Because all these other like, guys are maybe, also. Maybe they were just like, nobody knows who fucking Jim Crockett is. Maybe. Outside know. of there. Yeah. Jerry Jarrett in Nashville. The beard looking pretty young and slick, by yes. the way. Did you notice that? I did. Isn't it Memphis, not Nashville? It doesn't matter. Okay. There's also Gary Juster in Baltimore. What? Who's Who that? the fuck <laughs> is that? Yeah. So we get a horrible... Why do we go to... Yeah, we go to this Juster fellow. <laughs> who is that? Yeah, I don't know. Should I know who this is? Maybe New England Matt Wars. He's involved with that. That's what it looked like. Baltimore's not New England, though. The pointed northeast-ish. Yeah, like but on the Vin- map. Vince was in New England. I know it's just weird. I don't know. We get a horrible edit now as we cut to Juster talking about how there's, you know, there's a lot of closet wrestling fans, and they're finding out that people will now come out and do what they want instead of having to be in the closet about liking wrestling. Wrestling traditionally has appealed to the working class uh, man and woman, um, but there have been a lot of closet wrestling fans out there. He's a big nerd, and he needs to leave this show. I've had enough. Already. It was very pointless. One sentence was more than we needed from him. We get an extended clip of Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk, for literally no reason. As mm. Costas talks about the fans, MSG on average sells out 20,000 fans. A lot of folks. The Philly Spectrum sells out at 19. Also a lot. Even the last 
Meadowlands show for Pro Wrestling USA drew 18. All very impressive, I will admit. But Quinn, you don't always need a major arena. Enter Memphis. That's right. You I see, love that they go to Memphis. I love it's it so too. fucking awesome. Memphis is great. Memphis is great. Like, for anyone that ever thought, and I'm sorry for ever making fun of it, because it's so easy to make fun of it. Ha, can I have a new car seat or whatever? Yeah. And all these local promo- <laughs> it promotions and stuff. It doesn't matter. I love it, and I will always love it. Memphis is awesome. Because you see, down at WMC TV in Memphis, they do their shit right there in the studio on Saturday mornings live. The ratings, Quinn, are amazing because they get about 70% of the available audience. That's nutty. That's a lot. Like 70% Serious. of everyone in like the area, I think they said, or yes. something crazy. I was like, holy crap. Seven out of every 10 people on average. That in means- fucking the Memphis area watch this shit. How great is that for them? That's that's, why, w- that's wild. Wild. Like that that really shows you how popular Memphis was back then. Amongst that, the that, that area. statistic right there. It's insane. That is crazy. And you know what? It's good. This has got to be like from only local promotion perspective. That's got to be one of the most successful local promotions of all time. In that's terms of a, having audience capture, that's probably. Insane. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. I'm sure Japan has something where like 95% of the people watch some bullshit, but mm. I'm talking historically, not now, but Anyway, we get a clip of King himself talking about how, you know, fans can be fans, but I don't like this entertainment style. As I see too much of his body hair. Yeah, well, I noticed that. that. It was like, it was like I like, don't know, it was like a bad angle of King. And it like, was like, all I saw was like, shoulder yeah, hair. Yeah, he had shoulder hair. It was it's too just, much. I think it was at the wrong angle. Yeah. You probably wouldn't notice it too usually. Close. Yeah. So, who makes up the wrestling audience? Let's find out. Okay. Well, there's about 25 million people on average. Mm-hmm. 39% of them are female. That's really high, actually, yeah. for the 80s. I'm surprised. 45% of them are in that 18 to 34 demographic. And that was actually lower than I thought it would be. Really? I, th- I, I thought the 18 about, right? to 34 was like, you know, 60% well, or some shit. It's the coveted demographic, yeah. but usually they skew higher, I think. Okay. 67%, two-thirds are high school grads. Mm-hmm. Which, again, you know, this flies in the face of the whole, like, you must be, like, really dumb and stupid to, yeah, like, yeah. wrestling. All right, calm down. So why do they watch? Well, let's ask Dr. Larry Mintz. Who? <laughs> A prof- <laughs> well, he's a professor at the University of Maryland. Okay. Maybe he knows uh, Gary Juster. And he thinks that a small portion of the people watch it to see someone get hurt because they think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But there's a larger group. They believe it's theater. Mary Tyler Moore is definitely in that group. Oh, please. yeah. <laughs> the best of the theatrics. And- but apparently there's a third group, too. It's new. People who think it's a spoof. What? I don't I, know. He, what he, but he didn't explain that. They, I don't get it. Okay, so if we know there's people that think it's real, right? They think it's fake and they like that it's fake. Is that what he's getting at? Th- that's the theater aspect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he what's was describing the... He's like, there's a third group. It's people that I think, think it's was, a spoof. He was just trying to sound smart, Joe. I, it didn't work. Yeah, he sounded like an idiot. Unless we're dumb and we're missing something, yeah. folks, let us know. What a dope. Send it to the big wigs in Ogden, okay? Yeah. Anyway, some guy from the Daily News named Ray Didinger... Recently wrote an article about wrestling, and in his coverage, he was very impressed by the intellect of the wrestlers and their athleticism. Because, again, the perception amongst regular people, you know, the very prestigious writers for the Daily News, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, wrestlers are dumb and go, and they don't know how to do anything except be fat. Yep. Be fat, yes. You know? It's not true. It's not Mm -hmm. nice. But you know what he didn't like, Quinn? He didn't like the people had to cut themselves with razors to bleed. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> Shit, everyone knew that. He finds it sick. I heard stories and incorporated them in my series of uh, of the wrestlers who had to cut themselves with razor blades to draw blood. Costas with a, a salient point here, I agree. 
Wrestlers do get exploited. They get lied to. They get blackballed. It's actually really shitty, but at least Bob was on the key. I, yeah. I have to say, I'm glad he brought this up. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, as much good as I can say about certain things about wrestling, there's certain things that are horrible, and we're going to hear some things about them. The labor aspect is really fucked yeah. up. It always has been. Always. Yeah. So Didinger says that promoters are clearly writing the script. You can't really do anything for yourself. If you go into business for yourself, you're out of there, even though you claim you're an independent contractor. And then Bob Costas talks about how there's no unions. There's no pensions. Haphazard medical reports. That's all true. That's all true statements. Was this, this right now? <laughs> I couldn't believe they were saying this in 85 before WrestleMania 1. Yeah. On TV. Absolutely. Didinger, with another good point here, he thinks the business is fucking generating enough money now. Yeah, you think. Right? That they should have a damn union and get taken care of medically. Yeah, like that's ever going to happen though with Vince McMahon. That's the thing. That's the problem. Yep. Also. They're not going to have a union until he's gone. If they like, ever I'm serious. do. Yeah. Maybe Triple H will be okay with it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Because he understands he's an actual wrestler. But. True. There's also an unnamed, they don't say who, New York senator, who is trying to ban wrestling entirely in the States. Oh, that never happened. So Didinger sums it all up by saying, wrestling's very strange. You really can't compare it. It's nothing like wrestling as a whole different world. That's totally true. Yeah. We, we've talked about that. It's a business that... For whatever reason, can do whatever the fuck it wants. And from an entertainment point of view, it's unlike anything else. It's a very bizarre animal. I think just because no, it's it. It would be like a joke to try to legislate wrestling. People would be like, "What are you doing?" Like, yeah. it's like who cares? You can't like, treat it like a sport. You yeah. can't legislate. It's just a very bizarre sport. Yeah. It's not one. Go to break. We come back now with Bob talking about how wrestling has been around for years, but it didn't always have national attention, and still in the small towns, wrestling has its greatest following. I'm just gonna say. Up front, this was my favorite part of the whole thing. Same. I loved this. This is so good. Yeah. So we got to some fucking Mayberry style <laughs> shit here of people canoeing, swinging on swings it's in some small town. Very friendly and southern. Yep. It's lovely. Yep. Fritz von Erich now comes in to say that oh, I like small towns, and anytime uh, anything came through uh, small town when I grew up, I liked it because it was a big deal. Singing a gym in a suit, by the way. <laughs> I just want to note that. Yep. So when world class comes to town, in the high school gym, Fritz mm-hmm. says, <laughs> people pack that gym. And when world-class wrestling comes and the stars and young athletes they've seen on that television there through a long period of time come into town to their high school gym or whatever, they generally pack the gym. So we go down to Thibodeau, Louisiana, down in the bayou, I think, mm-hmm. where Greg Lewis joins us on a Sunday about how, yes, it's a day of rest and a day of religious devotion. And afterwards, we hit the Civic Center mm-hmm. for the wrestling. I get a wrestling. So I'm trying, I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out what promotion it is, but I see a quick clip of uh, Jim Duggan and Dr. Death, so I'm pretty sure that's Mid-South. I guess, yeah. It's gotta be, right? To me, this is not about any promotion. No, no, no. This, this story here that they're telling. I mean, Fritz, they talked to Fritz, but I think that was just incidental. I thought it was going to be Texas. Yeah. I was but, confused. But anyway. Anyway. We see the Rock and Roll Express hitting a double drop kick. Old women love them. They, There's like an old lady. She's like jumps out. She's like, oh, there they are. And yep. she wants to like shake their hands or whatever. Well, they're heartthrobs back yeah. then at the old age of 49. Mm-hmm. That's just how old they look, I guess. Right. They always look that, <laughs> Unless they shave their hair. Yeah. Like they make it shorten it or whatever. So we now go to Eddie Nakaz's house. He's a Cajun man born in uh, Louisiana. This old man watching wrestling with his grandkids. Like oh, my. Pack, packed living room. It's good. I love this. I love this guy. Seriously. So he's proudly wearing a Jim Duggan shirt. 
And his wife, who seems so sweet. She's, she's like, so nice. She's like, Eddie never yells. He never shouts. But when the wrestling comes on, I can't pass in front of him because he'll jump in front of me. Oh, Eddie was such a quiet man. You never heard it, man. He'd sit in his rock and watch TV. But when wrestling comes on, honey, I cannot pass in front of him because he'll jump at me. Eddie's fucking hardcore. Seriously, Holy man. Shit. What a fan. We cut to him at the Civic Center being very upset at some heel at a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut back to him and his wife on a swing now. And All he's happy. like, people tell me it's fake. Well, you know, you know what I say? You're fake, too. <laughs> I don't give a shit that's fake. I like wrestling. <laughs> they tell me it's fake. I'm saying, let me tell you one thing. You like Something you like, I don't like what you're doing, what you don't, but I don't tell you nothing. I like wrestling. That's the only thing I like wrestling. You say it's fate, you allow to be fate yourself. I like this guy a lot. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I like the good guys. I love the good guys. I don't like the bad guys. It's great. This guy's amazing, Quinn. What a freaking hero. <laughs> I love him. I wish I knew this guy. He's great. I would buy him a beer, whatever yeah. drink he wanted. Whatever. He, he's my guy. Yeah. Cut to Eddie offering the referee his glasses for me. He's like, yeah. you need these, you black? <laughs> He fucking loves his wrestling. Don't like fun of his wrestling, Quinn. I admit, you know, I, I wish I've, I've run, at a live show ever run into like an older gentleman who likes wrestling because it's probably just amazing. It's so much better than the assholes we sat next to at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, want the, mm. I want the old man who just doesn't give a shit. He's just rooting for the faces yes. and booing the heels. Like, so, that's, that's what I want. Instead of this fucking ooze that I sat yeah. next to with his arms crossed <laughs> when booed when anything happens. This is happened. the ideal fan right here, this guy. God, I know. So his lovely wife again says that when Eddie comes home after wrestling, he just keeps talking and talking and talking. He won't stop. He can't even talk. He needs cough drops. Aw, she loves him. And they're pleasantly old. They're like perfectly old. Like 71, 68. It's lovely. I can't tell. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. It's great. So we got to Jim Duggan entering the ring as Costas says that Eddie dreams about superhero Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. So we get to see Dugan beating the hell out of Dr. Death while Eddie proudly waves his American flag in the Dugan shirt. It's good. He's got the proud I love Jim Dugan shirt <laughs> it's on. It's, I want that shirt. It's so good. But when he can't talk, he dreams about superhero Jim Dugan. Big Dugan chant starts from the crowd. Eddie is so happy. It's like, it's wonderful. It's so good. Meanwhile, Dr. Death loads up a glove. Big swing, duck by Dugan, atomic drop, huge close on by Dugan, one! Two, three. Oh, 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 oh. In the end, good does conquer evil. Holy shit was this match this over. This was insane. The people were going crazy. See, this, I know Duggan was good before WWF. This is your example Holy right here. Holy shit was yeah. he over. Oh my goodness. Back to Greg Lewis now, who is actually like in what we'd call the gorilla position mm-hmm. by the curtain. And he's like all happy. He's like... Listen to the fans out there. They love it. Even Greg loves it. You can tell he's like all smiles. He's like, like, he's like, this is great. He's like, listen to them. Yeah. Eddie happily chants USA from his seat as we go back to Bob Costas. Pink Eye Bob over here says that usually when a youngster is interested in sports, his parents will try to point him towards baseball, football, maybe basketball. But who the fuck would have ever thought that their kid would want to be a wrestler? So we go to Ernie Ladd. Hell yeah. I love Mm -hmm. him. He retired from the NFL to become a wrestler, and he says he doesn't fucking regret it. Fuck football. <laughs> that's, what, that's basically what he says. Yep. Wahoo McDaniel, former Jets linebacker, also converted. So did Paul Orndorff, former running back for the University of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Cut to Orndorff now saying, you know, I was as good as anyone out there, but I wanted to wrestle instead. Because, again, 
fuck football. <laughs> Lad says that Akan Patera was an Olympic weightlifter. And he also thinks that Steve Williams was a great football player. Yeah, so does JR. Mm-hmm. Boomer yeah, Sooner was great. I love the University of Ass. Whatever. <laughs> Get clips now. I love this. This scene's very wholesome. Where you go to Ernie Ladd's house, where Dave Rowe is like happily interviewing him. And Dave's like really juicing Ernie up. He's like, you know, you were great at football. You were also great at wrestling. And you really had charisma. And Ernie's like, yeah, you're right. It's all very nice. <laughs> so good. Now, NFL... A former NFL football player, Merlin Olsen was supposed to become a wrestler too, as the Kodiak Kid. What? A lot of promises apparently were made for him. He was going to have a big $250,000 contract with his brother, Phil. They were going to be a tag team, maybe tag champs. But when he found out he had to be on the road for six months at a time, not see his kids, he didn't want to do it. Um, okay. Well, even why did they even interview him? Know. Like, I don't know what this story was. He's just like, I could have been a wrestler and I just wasn't. And that's the end of his story. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just didn't want to go, like, go on the road or something. It wasn't even like nefarious. Like I thought he was going to follow up with like, oh, they promised you all yeah. this. And then we wrestled and they paid us like 40 yeah. bucks or something. Like, no, you he's know just I, like, oh, I decided not to. Like, <laughs> what? Okay. Why did they even ask him then? Who the fuck was promising him a quarter of a million a year, though? I don't know about I don't, that. It sounds shady. That's why I was like, yeah. oh. I got nervous to, when he said that. There has to be some kind of like bad story, right? Right, no, right. Not a bad story. I just didn't want to do it. Right. Back to Ernie Ladna, who says, you know, if he could do this all over again, <laughs> he would have only just wrestled because he could control the entire crowd. That's weird. I didn't thing. expect I know, I, that. Yeah, it was odd. He's great, though. Mm-hmm. Back to Bob Costas, who says people might be wondering... Why haven't we asked that age-old question? Is wrestling fixed? Is, are the outcomes predetermined? Blah, blah, blah. And as the camera pans out from Costas, we see that Hulk Hogan, Hillbilly Jim, and the U.S. Express are behind him. And Bob says, if you really want to know the answers to those questions, why don't you ask these guys? That's supposed to be funny. I don't know. Like they don't even look mad. They're just yeah. like silly looking. Like Hillbilly Jim's all like, ha! Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what that was. Anyway, in a random clip, Slaughter is in his... The cam- yeah, the camo limo. He's from, in his camo limo. From championship, yeah. remember? Driving away, he's like, you're dismissed. Thanks. Anyway, I actually thought this was a pretty good, if kind of disjointed look at the way wrestling was starting to boom in 85. Mm-hmm. Vince was very Vince about everything. Oh, we're wrestling. We do the best in the entertainment. Wrestling and entertainment. Wrestling, you know. Mm-hmm. And Costas was a little too irreverent for my liking. Like, can you believe this shit? You know, Basically, too yeah. much of that. But overall, I thought it was fair. Overall fair. Yeah, fair. Overall. It wasn't even too mean either. It really wasn't. Yeah. I just didn't like Costas on it. Mm-hmm. I generally like him for like baseball and that's about it. But. Anyway, I learned some things, plus, Quinn, the highlight, Eddie. Eddie was definitely the highlight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That was super interesting. Kind of weird to see wrestling talked about in this way in 85, but again, very interesting look at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it'd be a nice divergence, folks, from what we've normally been doing, which is a little more on the silly side. Kind of just getting to see the way wrestling was covered by NBC during this period of time. Obviously, we're not far from the um, WWF-NBC relationship completely starting to boom here with Saturday Night's main event, but anyway... I thought it was fun. I had a good time doing it. And you know what else I had a good time doing, Quinn? Yeah. This season. Yeah, it was a good season. It was a fun season. And we thank you guys for another season. Here's the quick hits, quick reminders of what's coming up and everything. First of all, follow us on Twitter if you don't, at OVP Podcast, okay? Email us if you need to, OVPpodcast at gmail.com. May I please ask you, please, if you use Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please leave us a review. 
Yes. Could you play? It, it, it's very helpful. It just does help if you could kindly leave us a review, like now, even like pause this and do it. That'd be yeah. awesome. You can just you hit it in your Apple That's app it. there, even while you're listening, if you want to. Yeah. If you want the extra stuff, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We will never beg for your money. We will never take advantage of you. But if you want the canon and you want the pay-per-view reviews, they're both there. We appreciate the support. More so, we appreciate you even listening. Tell people about OVP. It means a lot to us. But most of all, just want to remind you guys that obviously we're going to have a break episode next week. Right. We'll be back with something. Don't worry. It will be something next Monday the 12th. And then on the 19th, we kick off season 24 with a brand new opening segment with the Royal Rankings and Flush of Celebrities in Wrestling. Mm. It'll be a really fun time. Thank you guys so much for a fun season. We really appreciate you being here. Until next time, I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. Let's find out, fans, who drew number six. Why don't I turn the thing on? Hi, welcome to the blooper reel. But anyway, as we fancy ourselves game show hosts, we've asked you this season to to uh, help me remember what I, I want to like, say. Looking the other way, I'm like, wait, are we still on a show? <laughs> is this live? Whoopsie! By the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified sort of blame. Wow. Don't uh, be what? A dingus. Sorry. Don't be- I've explained this. We are getting nasally. Go over Facebook debt. Facebook debt. Facebook debt. <laughs> Just fuck charge. Like what? <laughs> um, We're off to a very good start. <laughs> Quinn has left the uh, left the loft here. He's over there in the other nook, plugging in. <laughs> this is going well. I have iced coffee today, you see, folks, because uh, it's hot. Okay. You're all right? No? When opportunity knocks, I stink that... <laughs> I stink. <laughs> yeah, I stink. That's more accurate. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> what is that music? Good. That's our music that we use. What do you mean? <laughs> well, we didn't rank the other one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, right, just doesn't on. even want to think about the other one. <laughs> I forgot. Well, because I really don't care. All right. Anyway, Irish whip again. Nut to nut. <laughs> That's a not, not too nut. <laughs> I messed up. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. What am I hearing? A child crying. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it's under control. Yeah. To go on a Facebook vote. <laughs> go on a Facebook vote. Ye. Go on the... <laughs> <laughs> to go on the Facebook vote. All right, hang on. Wah. 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 It's, it's, it's wah. 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 wah.